go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, crmw.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this second day of February 2024, the first broadcast of 2024. I'll explain more in a moment. It's Friday on the front porch, and uh, this is the horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. It's also where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn Chat Room in the three hours in which this program is live Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round, and where if you pop by right this instant, you'll be greeted by the early arrivers, that would be Irish Dave and Squeaky, and capably moderated... No, not really. By moi? Oui, moi. And I'm not sure. Hopefully uh, uh, we will have our usual moderating team come along in fairly short order. I haven't heard anything from uh, Roger. But nonetheless, come on by. A a zany time will be had by all. Uh, Roger has been... uh, in and out of the room. Might be, might be tardy, he says, but should be no problem for the fort. Wonderful. Good news. Good news. At any rate, if you're listening to the podcast, please be so kind as to like the uh, uh, like the uh, program, the, the particular episode you're listening to, each and every one. If you have not subscribed to the program on any, any particular podcasting platform, pick one you like and jump right in. Podcast Republic is easy to use because, well, you don't even have to sign up to leave a few words of encouragement for others who might come along. Hi, I'm Robin. Did I do that already? I don't know. Uh, But it's Friday on the front porch. And so here in a little under an hour, we will go over the river and through the woods to the old holler tree we sublet from the Keebler Elves, and in which we keep the extraordinary ordinary roundtable around which we gather at the end of each and every week to cuss and discuss the, well, the stuff that remains from uh, the previous week that perhaps we haven't touched upon. It It has been a busy week. And... More on that in a moment. More on, not more on. Quit it. But every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude. 
And this program is no different because being entirely funded by the kindness of the Horn Family Community Congregation, we rely on our subscribers and our a la carte contributors and challenge makers and people who respond to the challenges. Uh, sometimes there are doubling challenges out there. And so thanks go out working backwards. Uh, today the first, uh, today the second, and yesterday the first. Thanks go out uh, to Elizabeth. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thanks as well. Uh, to Billable Rick. Thank you so much, Charlie. And thanks for the lovely note. Thanks, Khalil. And thank you, Mark. Thank you to Tom and Sonny San Rafael. And thank you to Joseph. Uh, thanks, all of you, so very much. Now, oh, where do we stand? Okay, here's how it plays out. Every first of the month, the first broadcast of every month finds us with a doubling challenge, courtesy of uh, Ralphs and Chris in Germany and, a, and another anonymous individual who promised to double the first $300 that come in. With that in mind, thank you very kindly to our dear friend Max. Thank you, Max for uh, knocking out a uh, big chunk, well, the entirety, actually, of the challenge. So, actually, we are, we would be, we you know, we finished the month of January $300 behind. Thanks to everybody who dropped, brought that deficit down as far as you did. You've made some little miracles possible and taken a great deal of, stress off of me uh, because, well, this is a, from the moment of its inception, this has been all, uh, almost show by show and episode by episode and week by week and month by month. So this is, for the first time in a very long time, a fundraising free Friday. And I have a special thanks to send out Uh, to our dear friend, our dear friend David in Mill Valley. The one time I've actually been in the state of California was several years ago. And I was very fortunate that the one place I got to go was San Francisco. And one evening, we went across the bay and hung out in uh, in. in uh, Mill Valley, right there in Marin County. And I thought it one of the most charming little towns I'd ever seen in my life. Still do. That trip remains... Um, well, lovingly stored in my memory. And imagine my surprise when I woke... On February the 1st, to see a note, you know, the, I, I guess we will. We'll call this our 20th anniversary pro or program. 
because the 20th anniversary of the existence of the horn will occur on Sunday, the fourth day of February. I wish I had a recording of the very first episode of Head On with that guy's name, that Kincaid guy. I don't. Uh, But nonetheless, thank you uh, for 20 years of this experiment in broadcasting to see whether or not uh, what the late Ed Schultz once referred to as bake sale radio could not only survive but thrive. Oh, if you don't have commercials, it's not a real radio program. Ah, joke's on you, Eddie. This is very real. And so, like I said, imagine my shock and surprise when I saw this note from David and Mill Valley donating one Benjamin for each year on the air and one to grow on. Oh, my heavenly days. I went on such a bill-paying frenzy as to not be believed. It was wonderful. Thank you, David. Thank you so very much. It's just extraordinary. And I, I, I will never forget it. So when we get together for Friday on the front porch, um, I just wanted everybody to know what a grand gesture David had made. Um, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Now, I I need to... uh, uh, Well, uh, yes... Cowbell, please, says Lee in New York. The contributors for Bruce's Memorial Challenge and Bruce and Karen's Memorial Challenge and other financial help deserve a cowbell, in my opinion. Please be generous with cowbells. You can afford it today. Indeed, 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 Lee. And that's for each and every one. But there's a second one for there's a second one for David and Mill Valley. I'm just overwhelmed by how sweet that was. And I'm looking forward to just chatting this evening with no need to mention fundraising. We'll pick that back up on Monday, the 5th of February. So about yesterday, I had an appointment yesterday afternoon, and it was not possible. Well, you know, I've driven in, I've, I've driven in Boston. I've been driven around in New York City. I've driven in Atlanta, been driven around in San Francisco. I've driven and been driven around in Chicago, driven in New Orleans, Nashville, Birmingham, Alabama, Knoxville. Honest to God, I think I would rather drive in any of those cities some days than Beckley, West Virginia. Humble little Beckley, West Virginia. I finally got out of my appointment just shortly before airtime yesterday. And it was just, and I I immediately, well, this is not going to happen, so I put out the note on social media about no program yesterday. And honestly, 
I don't know how much fun I would have been in the first place. But back up. Thanks so much. Inestimable thanks for all the kind birthday wishes that came through. Uh, well, starting with Darlene uh, uh, at the beginning of last week and onward through my birthday on Wednesday, and they continued to roll in uh, yesterday and I think it, and, and, and into today. Uh, thank you all so much. It made the day wonderful. At the, after the program on Wednesday, I went in the kitchen, and uh, Annette and I had coconut cake, and I had said there was going to be pineapple, the pineapple coconut ice cream, but somewhere along the way, in some sort of, uh, I don't know, food frenzy, now the coconut pineapple ice cream was gone. So I settled for cherry vanilla which was pretty exquisite anyway. And I chose the I chose the coconut cake because it seemed like a little message from the universe because it was my dad's favorite cake. And that's what um well that's what made yesterday a little bit rough. Ever since 2007 my birthday has been inextricably bound up with grieving the loss of my father. He would ha he would have been 100 years old had he made it on the first day of November of the coming uh, this coming November. He now has a beautiful little granddaughter who was born exactly 99 years after him. I have a lot of stories to jot down so that she can know a little bit about about her grandfather. But uh, in the wee morning hours of February 1st, my eyes blinked open of their own accord for no particular reason. You know, didn't have to go or anything, no. Uh, I just woke up. And before I even reached for my phone to see what time it was, because yeah, who has clocks anymore? I realized why I had awakened when I did. Because And, and I... You know, this is one of those moments from Shakespeare. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophies. And it turned out that I had awakened at that precise moment when, 17 years before, I had awakened. I slept on the couch in my father's hospice room and his last words to me were get some rest and just and then just as this past Thursday morning 
I blinked wide awake. And I saw that my father was probably two-thirds of the way out of bed. His head hanging down, trying to get one last breath here on planet Earth. And I jumped over to him, cradled him in my arms, picked him delicately up, and placed him back in his bed, and he breathed his last. I have no idea how the mind processes that kind of thing. But it messes with me. It messed with me early Thursday morning. And so that was much on my mind all day yesterday. I'm okay. But I, I don't I don't know how many other people there are who were present as both of their parents passed. I was. And it leaves a mark. It leaves a mark on one's psyche, soul, spirit, mind, whatever. So that was... Uh, well, my head was in a funny place yesterday. And with the appointment on top of it, um, I apologize for my absence. But I'm... I'm, I'm I think we're the better for it. If, as they say, memory is eternity, then uh, I spent a lot of time yesterday ensuring my father's. And I'm glad of that. But anyway, my apologies for my absence, and I, 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 I beg your kind indulgence, and I thank you for it as well. We have a lot to go into uh, this evening. Plenty of uh, plenty of uh, different directions we can go. Um, let's see. Wave has something here. Uh, Wave by the Ocean, formerly Scary Jerry, live early show shout-outs. Riding today with Rufal Ryan, headed up the coast to get provisions, Walmart, Florida City. I've been personally promoting your show, and the day I said I'm calling in, we do a past cast. Shout out to Tiny, Kylie's sister of Rack Track fame. I've been ghetto blasting the horn live at Racetrack. Is it Racetrack or Rack Track? And it's been wonderfully received. The horn is a nascent social network. A bulwark or harbor for the unseen, unwashed, and unloved. You did something here, Robin. Bob started it, you're finishing it, and I'm witness. I tell people about you and your show all the time. It's a social network. Proud of yourself? You should be. You are our statuesque clarion of liberty. Oh, and the Jets Dolphins mentions were nice. Did you get the pizza pick? I will have, well, I got to look. I may have missed it, but let me do a quick, uh, oh, 
Yes, there's the yes. Oh, oh God, that's a beautiful pie wave. And somebody has some really pretty nails. No, that that's that's what a that's what a pizza should look like. I I I, I can just tell looking at it that if I bit I would I would probably burn the roof of my mouth because that's the kind of pizza that does that just as exactly as it should. Uh, yes, it was Ralph's Bruce and Karen's memorial challenge was met. Thank you. Uh, Ralph's kicked in an extra twenty-five bucks. Thank you. Uh, the twenty-five dollars is for Joe Biden's selfie. He took a selfie on a uh, ride. Uh, a man, uh, a Detroit man, took a ride, a, s- a selfie with Joe Biden while riding in the presidential motorcade in Detroit. It's a great photo. And it, well, I, mean, I think somebody turned around and took the photo, but it's awesome. It, yeah, thanks to the for-profit media for the constant barrage over the last few months that have probably had more than a passing negative impact on President Biden's approval ratings, catapulting the propaganda, as Dim Leader once said. Ah, oh, he's too old. Why is he so old? Well, because old is what we get on this planet where everything dies. But that's a, that is, that's a... Uh, That is a cool photo. He got uh, a guy got to ride for a half an hour with President Biden in the presidential motorcade. How cool! Thank you, Ralphs. Thank you so much. But since we're on the for-profit media, listen. I know they're public radio and everything, but I had a little moment yesterday while I was in Beckley. My appointment was at two thirty. And I was listening because I just generally, I gave up on commercial radio a long time ago. It's just a, it, it, it might as well be a five kilohertz test tone. It's just a, a vacuous wasteland of ads, right-wing talk, religious broadcasting, at least here in West Virginia. And pop hits and country that sounds more like 70s rock and roll. And so I I, I stay tuned to West Virginia Public Radio. And at 2 o'clock every day, they run a program that originates with WAMU, American University in Washington, D.C., and it's called 1A. I know a lot of you are familiar with it. Uh, I recall in the past, uh, our buddy Ron in Raleigh has mentioned this. And I don't know, and, and I think we've got probably more, more. and I say 2 o'clock, I mean Eastern Standard Time, so um, I'm assuming it's running live. I don't know. 
But I, I suspect other members of the Horn Family Community Congregation also listen to it from time to time. And yesterday, they did, uh, and it's current events, um, I caught a little bit of it today, and today was the Friday Roundup. Yeah, Trey. Trey says, I love 1A. I enjoy it, too, for the most part. I hope you're well, Trey. Good hearing from you. Yes, Trey in Kentucky, Stan. Thanks for uh, thanks for checking in. It's been a while. Hope you're well. So anyway, the, um, the 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 topic yesterday, Thursday, the first of February, was along the, something along the lines of, well, January's over, and a lot of people participated in dry January. You know, there's no shave November now. Over among the incels, they have no nut November. Don't ask. Um, where they they valiantly try to resist self-abuse for an entire month. And then December comes around, and then dry January, because the presumption is everybody's been partying to the max all during the holidays, and New Year's Day comes around, and probably got a bone-crushing hangover from New Year's Eve if you participated in amateur night. And so the, 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 the concept behind dry January is that you're going you're, you're to engage in a little bit of personal prohibition. Stay off the sauce for 31 days. Okay, well, I was listening. And they, bear with me, it's, this is actually a story. It even, it even, it's even multimedia. So they talked about, you know, people people doing dry January because maybe they feel like they've overindulged. Some people said they did dry January because back during the pandemic, when they had to stay home, they remained, they kept their sanity in place by, well, pretty much staying wasted. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess. It sort of reminds me of... Uh, uh, Professor Spicoli. And... And one clip in particular. No, not that clip. Uh, this clip. I'm so wasted! Yeah, good for you. And so people dry out. And the question is, well, will you keep going? And, and then there was a segment on the fact that uh, there's a, a commercial phenomenon now taking place that are called dry bars. They're bars, but there's no booze. And one in 
one in Philadelphia that has Volstead in the name. One, the, the proprietors in there talking about the mocktails that you can get there that approximate or mimic the flavors of booze, whether it be a bourbon or a gin or what have you. It's all well and good. Well, public radio is theoretically non-commercial, but they do run mentions for all various and sundry defense contractors and pharmaceutical companies and the like. Okay, okay, yes. Lee said to be generous with the cowbell, and you certainly have earned one, Brother Deacon. Unless you're Ben Shapiro's wife, in which case it's dry January, dry February, dry March, dry April, dry May, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, that gives us that's just yeah, that's clever. <laughs> so anyway, they have breaks, and they have bumper music. Uh, for those of you uh, who are members of the uh, Malloy Truth Seekers, and I myself am a truth seeker, an occasional uh, hostess in Mike's absence, um, alongside my dear friend Tara Devlin of Tara Buster. I think she's on air later this evening, I think 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find her over on YouTube, um, maybe Facebook. Not sure about, to, but she she puts the program out there and has some uh, great content. But you all know that. Um, oh, by the way, Lee in New York says, stay off the sauce, intentionally misinterpreting the quote. They'll have to pry my marinara from my cold, dead hands. Yeah, stay off the sauce. The vodka sauce, too. And the hardcores, well, they're over there uh, slurping up the Alfredo through a straw. Lee adds, dry bar? Isn't that called going out of business? And we are going to be, we're going to, we're going to be generous. Uh, no Nut November, Emilio asks, isn't the core aspect of being an incel to No Nut for life so that you can whine and sap on other idiots' pity forever? Oh, no, 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 it's a, it's a heroic struggle among the poor little incels. Ugh. And they they, they, they they do. They struggle mightily, I guess. Freaks. But anyway, so they have breaks and they have bumper music. And what I was saying is, for those of you who are members of, of the uh, uh, Truth Seeker community, you know that the Malloy program in its previous iterations always had uh, uh, just perfectly placed bumper musics going into and out of breaks. Uh Brad and Desi over at the Green News Report have a, a, a real talent, and I think this mostly falls uh, or comes from uh, Miss Desi. Uh, great little bumpers to close the program uh, with each segment of the Green News Report. 
And so it was. And and this is this is truly weird. I'm I'm not vamping just to keep from. It, it requires a setup. It, some good well good reporting does. So they bumped out of their segment on dry January, or the first segment perhaps. I'm not sure. I know I was about to go into my appointment. And they bumped out with a clip from the open the, the theme song to Cheers. Iconic NBC comedy. Nam. Yeah. Cliff Clavin. I'm actually an heir to the Romanov dynasty. It's uh, you, you can tell it because I've got an extra mola. Okay. Or early Fraser looking at Cliff and Hello in there, Cliff. What color is the sky on your world? Classic show. Here's where it gets interesting though. Everybody knows the chorus, right? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. Etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I did not know until yesterday that the Cheers theme has multiple verses. It is, in fact, two and a half minutes long. I don't know if it was written specifically for Cheers or if it existed independently of Cheers. But the first thing I thought when I heard this was to talk about a non sequitur, was to think about the Star Spangled Banner. been a great deal of controversy surrounding the Star-Spangled Banner with uh, white-wingers and maggots getting their maiden forms all in a bunch over Colin Kaepernick so many years ago now. His career ruined because he knelt at the suggestion of a military veteran. He knelt during the playing of the national anthem both as a protest against police brutality, against uh, black men for the most part, but to show that he was still offering a degree of honor. You know, he didn't do the he didn't do the black power salute. That got uh, that got some young men in deep shit in Mexico City in 1968, so that was out. He knelt. And white-wing world, Republican world, lost their collective shit. Kind of like they're losing their shit now over, checks notes, Taylor Swift. But I don't think they're going to be able to ruin the, the career of Taylor Swift the way that they ruined the career of Colin Kaepernick. You'll recall those geniuses, those political geniuses of the white wing were out there setting fire to their the, to the Nike, expensive Nike tennis shoes that they had purchased when Nike uh, hired Colin Kaepernick as a spokesperson or a brand influencer, what have you. 
Yeah, just like they blew up their $750 Yeti coolers when Yeti ended its relationship with the National Ruble, I mean, Rifle Association. I don't know what they're doing with their Wayne LaPierre autographed photos now that he has ended his association with the National Ruble Rifle Association. But the Star-Spangled Banner, and during that whole that whole Michigas, and I remember pointing this out that <laughs> there are multiple verses to the Star-Spangled Banner, and you got to get a couple of a couple of stanzas in before you get to the full-on Francis Scott Key uh, uh, ab- absolute babbling, braying racism of it. But, oh my gracious goodness, it's there. Because if you recall the history, the Star-Spangled Banner was written during the War of 1812 and the bombardment by the British uh, in Baltimore Harbor, we 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 all know the part where the rockets' red glare and all of that stuff. Over the land of the free and the home of the brave. And the British had offered manumission and freedom to enslaved Americans who came over to the British side and joined them in the fight. And so you go down to the third stanza and it says, And where is that? Band who so vauntingly swore that the havoc of war and the battle's confusion, a home and a country they shall leave us no more. Their blood has washed out their foul footsteps pollution. No refuge could save the hiring and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. Francis Scott Key was a stone cold white supremacist, but then again, so in 1814 or so were the probably 99% of the white men in this country and white women and that's still under known under comprehended under appreciated but I did I thought immediately of the Star Spangled Banner when, when they bumped into this break because this was some goofy shit Because they didn't play the part of the Cheers intro that everybody knows. Somebody had to do a really deep dive to come up with this. And I'd love to know where it came from. So with your kind indulgence, and not for purposes of entertainment, but of journalistic curiosity, here's the original version of the Cheers theme. I bet a bunch of you have never heard this. 
Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Isn't it sweet? Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. I know. Wouldn't you like to get away? Yes. Nights when you've got no lights, the check is in the mail. I mean, this is some shitty stuff. And your little angel hung the cat up by its tail, and your third fiance didn't show. Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows. And your third, and see, this is the interesting thing. It is sung all of this because I actually dug into it. This is a guy, Gary Portnoy, singing a song that apparently is written. It's a guy writing a, writing and singing a song from the point of view of a young woman. Your third fiancé didn't show. Your precious angel hung the cat up by its tail. The protagonist in the song is struggling to pay the bills. The check's in the mail. In other words, life is pretty well shit and everything is going to, going to hell in a handbasket. And it only keeps getting worse. And she just needs somewhere that she can go and get away. Never mind the fact that most of the primary characters in the TV show Cheers, were men. But this song is pretty clearly about a distraught young woman. I'll add that the song came out in 1983. So that is, with my typically unreliable ciphering, Um, yeah, 41 years ago, literally a 41 year old song about because they needed a bumper music to come out of the segment on dry January and not drinking. So naturally you want a song about a bar where a bunch of drunks congregate on the regular. So let's pick the song up again. Who's your name? And they're always I mean, we all know this by heart. And remember, this this is NPR, and they're supposed to be super duper. I mean, if you ask a, if you ask a maggot, oh, they're communists, right? Bunch of left with liberal media. I mean, it's been going on for almost as old as, as long as this song. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe he was broadcasting in Rio Linda at the time, or maybe he was still selling hot dogs at the Royal Stadium. But Flush Flimball practically went on air, pissing and moaning about the liberal the liberal media, my friends. How are the pineapples. But this is bumper music for an ostensibly 
I mean, it, it, it's it's straight journalism. One A is. You wanna be where you can see the troubles are all the same. You wanna be where everybody knows your name. Does I'm just curious. Does anybody know where I'm going with this? Did anybody hear One A yesterday? Mr. Coffee's dead. Yeah, pay attention. Here we are. This is the verse. You roll out of bed, Mr. Coffee's dead. I think that's I, I, I think that's legit a reference to her coffee maker having finally shuffled off this mortal coil. Although I'm not sure when did. All right. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the research department on this. Because some, uh, something just occurred to me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's just about the coffee maker dying because the Yankee Clipper, Joe DiMaggio, passed away in 1999, so he was still very much a going concern in 1983. But he did uh, do ads for Mr. Coffee for a while. I just wanted to double-check that. It's always It's always handy to... Check out your, you know, any any potential cultural references that might otherwise just blow past. But no, 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 no. Mr. Coffee's dead. It's the appliance. Roll out of bed, Mr. Coffee's dead. The morning's looking bright. Morning's looking bright. And your shrink ran off to Europe and didn't even write. That's fucked up. Your shrink ra- so her world is coming uh, coming apart. The shrink ran off to Europe. Didn't even write. She is having a very very bad day. But trust me, it's gonna get worse. And your shrink ran off to Europe and didn't even write. And your husband wants to be a girl. What? Be glad there's one place in the world where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. Okay, we, so we know the chorus. No, really. Now, whoever the producer is at 1A did a deep, 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 deep dive. To find, and, and and the thing is, they clipped it and faded up so that basically what you heard was, that line. Everything that you, everything that we've just played didn't play. It kind of, it, let me, let me see here. It, it, let me see if I can recreate it. And so, uh, and and so, after this break, we'll be back with one A. Oh, I skipped over it. Hold on, I got to know. And your husband wants to be a. Okay, I'm, we're doing this on the fly. Bear with me. To Europe 
Did you participate in Dry January? We'll be back with your thoughts on 1A. This is 1A from WAMU. I mean, I'd kind of like an explanation. Is this is 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 this some closeted trans girl who's a producer at WAMU? Because I mean, it, the snippet was that short, and it was that snippet. It was queued up and ready to go, so that they bumped out with the first that nobody knows from where everybody knows your name that includes and your husband wants to be a girl let's be clear there was not one iota of mention of trans people or trans content or 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 a trans person marking dry january I would, I would sincerely like an answer to this mystery, and I'm, I'm, I'm utterly unwilling to accept. Well, you know, that was just an accident, or whatever. These things happen. No, no, no. Somebody deliberately set up that bumper. Uh, it turns out Gary Portnoy, who wrote the song, had previously, oh dear, had previously penned a tune for Air Supply. And uh, and and uh, thank you, Ralph, for the Wikipedia reference. I didn't see anything about the verse in there. I was just I was just in, intrigued and perplexed. And in 2024, with literally hundreds, it may be thousands by the time the year is over of bigoted bills trying to limit the rights of trans people in, in, in states all over the country, that, that's what they bump out with? And look, we've talked about this a lot, or I've talked about this a lot. Scott and I, back in the day, talked about this quite a bit. And uh, because Scott had been in radio for a very long time, and you know, I started as a pimply-faced teenage DJ at, the, at a gospel radio station at the tender age of 16. So I've been involved in one form or another of some kind of radio production 
for mm-hmm. around 30 to 35 years. This particular manifestation, and this and thus it's apropos for the 20th anniversary of the horn, this particular time span, 20 years of doing talk and there were way back when, when we played a lot, and I loved nothing more than having a, a really appropriate piece of music to follow a compelling news story. So I know a little bit about choosing bumper music. And like I said, uh, Desi Doyen over at Green News Report is really good. The Malloy program was super good. Every now and then, uh, the producers at My Filthy Morning Habit will come up with an appropriate piece of bumper music, and it it adds to the overall ambiance of the uh, of the experience of the given broadcast. Randy Radar says, welcome to my world. Killing me softly with his song. Oh, that one. Uh, still get, That one gives me the fan tods. But when we move into the, into the front porch portion of the program, I'd kind of like your input on this. Or, you know, by email. Or look, uh, if you're hearing this on the podcast... Go to the comment portion of the podcast you're listening to and leave a note that hopefully I will see. It's a This is a bizarre little universe in which we find ourselves. And there are, yes, there are coincidences that once upon a time, uh, given all of his uh, all of his theories that every aspect of human behavior stems from some sort of sexual thing, you know, someone asked yeah, oral fixations, anal fixations, Oedipus complexes. Somebody asked Freud about his persistent love of cigars and what that meant. The fact that he was sticking a uh, long round object into his mouth constantly. And his response was, sometimes a cigar is only a cigar. This can't be a coincidence. I mean, this is just, I mean, for me, this is just fun. But is there there a transphobic producer at WAMU? Is there a closeted trans girl at WAMU and she's a producer? Or is there an out trans girl at WAMU and she was just having a little bit of fun? Because this, this, well, you know, this is not a boating accident. And yes, back in the days of vinyl, our dear friend Richard from Days Gone By would have been horrified to know this because he was actually one of the foremost experts in the nation on turntable styluses and the idea of playing a piece of vinyl backwards on a turntable would have given him the shaking horrors. 
so many names over 20 years. But yes, I, I did in fact play some records backwards. I, I heard the uh, back masked, back masked uh, cranberry sauce, which so many people thought was all buried pole, or the back mastering on Led Zeppelin, the back mastering on Pink Floyd's The Wall. Yeah, if you it come to mind. I think it was clever marketing because what they did is they got you to ruin a perfectly good piece of vinyl and possibly your stylus. And then you had to go out and rebuy the album. And then CDs came along and ruined everything. So, but this is... It's how... I mean, Uh, Lee in New York says, where everybody knows your name. I recognize the lyrics because I'm sure it played on the radio. It reached 83 on the Billboard chart, and I'm sure it got played because of the TV show. I, I agree. I had never heard it played on the radio until yesterday. <laughs> okay, Darlene, I feel a little called out. Darlene in Connecticut says, your late Dr. Freud sounds suspiciously like the late Dr. Kissinger. Just saying. Well, except for the screaming part, he also sounds a lot like the late uh, Pope Benny the Rat, who sounds a lot like the late Werner Klemperer. Hogan. Point taken. I, I even I even talked with Miss Terry about this just to check in. Uh, uh, Actually, I talked to her before I went into my appointment yesterday because I was just gobsmacked. And it was Terry who looked it up while I was driving and said, Yeah, 1983. Well, that's a nice round number. I was a little closeted trans girl in 1983. So were you. And she said, I know. Ugh. <sighs> So no, it's not. It, it, it's not the. It's, it's not earth shaking or well, not even news. Just an observation of how bizarre media can be from time to time. I think. I think I am going to drop them a note though, and see if I get any kind of a response. Because that's just too curious to be totally by coincidence far into the song. I don't know. That having been said, uh, we do have you know, real live no kidding news today. I saw more excerpts early yesterday morning of Nick of uh, uh, Governor, well, Mrs. Governor, Ambassador, Speaker of the House, Haley, talking to the breakfast club and she was unsparing in her criticism kind of late, I don't know maybe maybe it's brilliant strategy of Nitwit Nero what I found interesting though was that everybody focused on her criticism of Nitwit Nero and barely touched upon the fact that she suggested that secession 
is a viable alternative for an aggrieved state in this union. Okay, Matt. Vamping. The length of time vamping to get to the point almost made me want to hook up the Airstream because I wasn't sure how far we were going. <laughs> but I wasn't. I, I was trying to make sure we had an appropriate setup so that when we got to there, it, it, we'd understand why this... Oh! Brainwormed me. My apologies, Matt. Uh, But there, uh, there's uh, interesting news out of uh, the uh, court in Manhattan, Judge in Goron's court. Mm-hmm. He had previously promised to have his uh, judgment uh, order written, his verdict. By this past Wednesday. We still don't have it, but we know now why. And the why of it is because the former chief financial officer of the Trump organization, Alan Weisselberg, is in the midst of a plea deal in which he will plead guilty to to, uh, perjury. Which could, and this isn't theoretical, have a substantial impact on the number that Judge Ngoron writes down for how much the lying, thieving, crooked, dirty Trump organization has to disgorge to the state of New York, having previously ripped off the state of New York for years on end. Over at CNN, Ellie Honig, one of their legal analysts, said, if I'm in Judge Ngoron's position here and getting ready to issue a big verdict and ruling, and now I've heard this, and we've all heard it, the, the one of the key witnesses committed perjury in front of me, and that's critical. It's not just generic perjury. It's that he perjured himself in front of Judge Ngoron in the case. I slam on the brakes and say, I'm not going to rule until I know the specifics of this. When Weisselberg got on the stand, a whole bunch of the questions he was asked, he responded, I don't recall. I mean, the trials, there were questions by the dozen in the trial. He also testified under the under oath that it was uh, strictly a coincidence, you know, like that song lyric, that he just stumbled into a $2 million severance package from the Trump organization. And that happened to be the same number that he was ordered to pay in tax fraud fines back in 2022. Ellie Honig pointing out on CNN, if you're going to issue a ruling and it turns out Weisselberg lied, that's going to harm the Trump organization when it comes time for the verdict. You know, when this news came out, the first thing I thought was, you know, there sits, there sits Nitwit Nero. Oh, fucking great. Where's my ketchup? And so in the delay, 
it's only going to make things worse. In, 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 in the department of making things worse, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis today said yes, channeling her inner Chloris Leachman. He is my boyfriend. Of the lawyer that she hired and brought into the Trump prosecution for a whole lot of money and with whom she was engaged in a romance. I'm not going to call it an affair. They were both single adults. People are free to hook up. But I suspect we will hear about this all damned weekend long. And Nitwit Nero will probably tripe all over the place. In fact, he already has. Over on Tripe Social, he said, uh, That means, all caps, that means that this scam is totally discredited and over. By going after the most high-level person in the Republican nominee, she was able to get her lover much more money, almost a million dollars. It went on for 430 words. Scam. I don't think it will. I don't. I don't. I don't think it'll do that. I, I don't think it's going to end the prosecution. But God, it gives the uh, attention deficit afflicted multimillionaire for-profit media <sighs> plenty of stuff to speculate about oh god uh, uh, Steve from Georgistan and then there's Maud my dear friend if we're going to go into the Wayback Machine and dig up old theme songs we would be remiss if we did not include the long version of the theme song of Maud there's a lot going on here well, maybe when we uh, get into the into the front porch, we'll uh, cue that one up too, strictly for analytical and not entertainment purposes. And there was something else that happened today. President Biden did something that uh, that uh, that paragon of the Texas Air National Guard, George W. Bush, dim leader, couldn't quite bring himself to do back during the Bush War II when they started sending American bodies home in cardboard boxes. Yes. President Biden showed up for the arrival of the mortal remains of three American service personnel, two of them women, back on American soil. The President and First Lady went to Dover Air Force Base in Delaware to observe what is known as the Dignified Transfer. 
the military doesn't call the, call what they ship the bodies in coffins. They call them transfer cases. Also on hand was Lloyd Austin, over whom uh, the for-profit media have been fulminating mightily for at least 24 hours now. Why didn't they tell us about his cancerous prostate? America has a right to know! Uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, C.Q. Brown, was there. All to honor William Rivers, Kennedy Sanders, and Breonna Moffat. All three of them Georgians who died in, in the drone strike last Sunday. The President of the United States and those attending with him brought dignity to the transfer. They were the uh, first to die, first American service personnel to die in that godforsaken shithole in Western Asia since October 7th. We have since lost a pair of Navy SEALs who were die, who died while they were trying to board and search a ship um, this past month. So naturally, stay classy, Nimrata, or I mean uh, Nitwit Nero. Yeah, they were both shitbirds. Mrs. Governor Ambassador Speaker of the House Haley said, He had to wait for people to die to say, okay, maybe we need to do something. Are you kidding me? Well, you had to be told that Bonomo existed, and you, and, and you believed it. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution quoted Biden as saying uh, in a call, I know there's nothing anybody can say or do to ease the pain. I've been there. And he blistered the bejesus out of nitwit Nero. And, of course, there's been much fulminating over this, too. Speaking to a crowd, he recalled when... Uh, Orange Julius Geezer in France, France refused to visit the cemetery there where the, where the last mortal remains of young men killed in the Great War, the war to end all wars, are interred. President Biden recalled that and said, what a sick, and just sort of let it wander off in ellipses. <sighs> Ellipsis. And we were later treated to the reality that what he had said was, what a sick fuck. So there was much pearl clutching and hand wringing over the fact that the President of the United States uses the same kind of words that people use in everyday discourse in America. 
Well, guess what? This is the internet, so we can say fuck. And yes, Geezer Disgustus is a sick fuck. Going all the way back to his sliming of John McCain. Saying, I like people who don't get, I like soldiers who don't get captured. What a loser. Uh, as to 430 words, Lee in New York says many of those must have been repeats. His vocabulary is not that extensive. Well, it's, it, by analogy, it's kind of like the fact that uh, if you gave, uh, if, if if they give Donald Trump an enema when he dies, they'll be able to bury him in a matchbox. Not saying, just saying. A trenchant observation, Randy Radar, and the MAGA crowd wants us to believe that they want to avenge the deaths of three black soldiers? Yeah, no. Because, well, that that's just silly. They only, but, but that's also typical of the Republicans for quite a long time. They love the active-duty military because they can wave the bloody shirt. They love dead service personnel because they can wave the bloody shirt and try to make hay out of it. But they hate to fund the Veterans Administration. Stand by. All better. <clears throat> but they don't. They, 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 dead veterans, wounded veterans, maimed veterans, they care not. So that's a little bit after, after my little diatribe and all the vamping. Uh, you, can, you, can, you can put, the, air, you can put the, the hitch to the airstream back down, Matt. Hmm. Let's go ahead and uh, go over the river and through the woods to the old holler tree we sublet from the Keebler Elves and gather together around the Extraordinary Ordinary Roundtable and see what's on folks' minds. And by the way, a reminder, if, uh, if you have a hard time using the Skype connection, and even if you don't have Skype, you can use the button at the top of HeadOn.Live to get into the conversation. Well, uh, the Skype, the the, the uh, stress line number is equally useful, and that's eight four four eight four three four six seven six eight four four eight four three four six seven six eight four four the horn. Uh, let me reconnect here. We should be good. And let's check in with Roger. Hey, Roger, how are you? Oh, I'm 
doing just fine. I yesterday was a beautiful day and got all the tomato plants and pepper plants out and kind of roughed up the soil and saw tons of earthworms. So I'll be going fishing here pretty quick. Uh, it sounds nice. And uh, is it lots of earthworms? Is that a, a is that a good sign for an early spring? No, it's a good sign for nice fertile soil for next year. Crop. I didn't know. I mean, we got Punxsutawney Phil, and here in West Virginia, we got French Creek Freddy, and I thought maybe out in Oregon, y'all had uh, Earthworm Earl. No, no, I don't don't think there's anything on that. But uh, a, a lot of earthworms in your soil means one, there's a lot of organic matter in your soil for the earthworms to munch on and excrete what they call worm castings. And uh, they aerate the soil. And if you got lots of earthworms, you got good dirt, and good dirt makes good crops. And blessed be the maker in his comings and goings. Yep. It's from Dune. Which, incidentally, uh, I don't know how many people know this, but you probably do, Roger. Uh, Frank Herbert got the idea for Dune from observing the dunes on the Oregon, is it the Oregon coast? Some sort of oh, national park or national monument or some such? Uh, there's an Oregon Dunes. I think it's a state park <clears throat> where uh, as you drive down up 101, I forget exactly where it is. It's somewhere south of where I am uh, if you draw a line over the coast. But there's all kinds of a little uh, sports shops there where you can rent dune buggies and hire, you know, instead of snowmobiling, you can do dune buggies. So it's a, a year-round entertainment. Kind of the West Coast equivalent of Kitty Hawk on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Yeah, and the dunes are also somewhat similar to, uh, God, it's been so long. There's some place around Michigan, outside of Chicago, to go up toward Ann Arbor, uh, that there's a dunes area there, too. But the last time I was there was like about 1963, so, 62 or 63, so... My memory doesn't serve me too well exactly where they are. Okay. And and speaking of our friends in Oregon, I want to send out uh, get well soon wishes to our dear friend Theo. Theo had some surgery yesterday, and he is a much-loved member of this community and a, a very speedy recovery to him. I don't know if he's listening right now, but um, hurry, on, hurry on back, Theo. Uh, with all deliberate speed. And in the same vein, I'd like to take a shout-out to Seattle and Jude and tell her to check her email very carefully. My email to her might have gone into her spam folder or something of that sort, but also could get in touch with Steve from Georgistan and get my phone number and text me and all that kind of stuff. She wanted to connect with me, and I'm trying with – we're trying all kinds of things and can't quite seem to connect. So okay. we're working on it. Keep at it. Keep at it. Uh, just got a note. Uh, yeah, I saw that, uh, Steve, I saw, in New York, I saw that about the lyric change when Cheers went on the air. I, it, it, the, it, the, the, original, the original first stanza said, Singing the blues when the Red Sox lose is a crisis in your life. On the run because all your girlfriends want to be your wife and the laundry tickets in the wash. 
And then it goes on with the rest. Of it. I don't I don't know what to make of that. That's weird. By the way, Ron and Raleigh says R.I.P. Apollo Creed has left the ring. Carl Weathers passed away today. I saw that. Passed away at 76 years of age, as he said at the end of Rocky II. It's a damn shame we gotta get so uh, we gotta get old, Stallion. Fine actor, fine, fine actor. Thanks for the reminder, Ron. A couple of days ago on this program, we were, you were, discussing the nitrogen execution. Yes. Um, The bends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sent you something on it, yeah. But I'm gonna. I want to get a little bit deeper into it. Okay. Um, when you're underwater and you're breathing out of a scuba tank, because of the increased pressure, the nitrogen uh, will go into your blood, and when you come up out of pressure too fast, it in essence boils out. It, it turns into a gas while it's in your blood vessels. And those bubbles of nitrogen basically get into your joints and get trapped there, which is what causes the severe pain. Now, the worst thing that happens is that those bubbles get up into your brain, and that's when you have serious problems. But when they put you into the recompression chamber, it is to force those bubbles of nitrogen to go back into the attached state and not the free bubble state. And then very, 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 very slowly uh, bring you back up to a standard temperature and pressure. And this is one of the things that makes diving at high altitude and even high altitude like Lake Tahoe, let alone Lake Titicaca, um, so dangerous because all the dive charts are created for sea level diving. And so if you use a dive table for how often you're supposed to stop and where you're supposed to stop and for how long, and you use a sea level dive table and you've been diving at an altitude, like Tahoe or Lake Titicaca, um, the tables don't don't work right. And the other thing that happens is that even if you're a normal diver and you dive with all the safety stuff, <clears throat> there are people like me who need extra time because if I come up straight from a dive table chart, I'll get a tremendous headache and it takes an hour or two for it to dissipate. And that tells me I have some micro bubbles that are floating around and get into my brain. And, and uh, it, it's not dangerous. It's just uncomfortable. But if I'm, that's why I'm very, very careful whenever I was doing scuba diving to if it said I needed to stop at 30 feet for 10 minutes, I would stay there for 12 or 13 just to get that extra time when you're coming up. I didn't realize you so, were a diver. I used to be. I mean, I'm still certified, but I haven't been in the water for quite some time. But no, I, I love I love scuba diving, and, and I did my original training 
my open water dive certification at a place called Fort Bragg in California, which uh, the standard known stuff throughout the world is if you get your open water diving certificate on the west coast of California or Oregon or Washington, uh, virtually any dive place will say, yeah, yeah, come along with us. Uh, When I was in Hawaii one time with the wife and kids, uh, I called up a dive place and said I wanted to go diving, and they said we're all full up. I said, come on, I've got experience. Well, what's your experience? And I told them a bunch of my experience, and then my certification was out of Fort Bragg, California. Oh, yeah, we got space. Come on down. We just don't want any newbies around here that we have to babysit. So, no, I've, I've got down in Belize. I've got uh, Hawaii. I've got uh, Palau, Ponape. Um, I've, I've got a lot of different diving experiences I've done. But when I had the opportunity to dive up at Lake Titicaca, I declined. Just I know Jacques Cousteau did it many, many, many years ago and found giant frogs and all kinds of other crap. But uh, with the surface at 12.5, which is about 50% atmosphere compared to sea level, I knew I was begging for a problem. Uh, yeah, I would. I, I would. Yeah, I would think there. that. I would think that is not for even a, a well-trained amateur diver. No, no, you you, you should be on uh, different gases and, and the rest of that stuff. And there is no emergency care uh, up in the Altiplano if something goes wrong, and you need to go down in elevation. And unfortunately, from uh, Lake Titicaca. Uh, in order to go down in elevation, you have to go up first. Uh, like the road to Arequipa, which is about a nine-hour drive, uh, you end up being above 14,000 feet before you start getting down. And when you get to Arequipa, you're only at 8,000 feet. So you've got another three hours of driving to get to sea level. So it, it's pretty much if something goes wrong, you may as well bend over and kiss your ass goodbye shortly after you kiss your wife goodbye and say this is going to be it. Wow. I, I'd never, well, I've never dived, dove. So, I... Uh, you, whatever. Yeah. No, that's, it, that, that's, that's actually quite fascinating, Roger. Oh, um, a, uh, a member of the community, and I don't know if you can go looking for her uh, from your end, uh, Haley, um, is trying to get into the uh, trying to get into the front porch discussion. Whoa, uh, she's not a friend of mine, so I can't do that. Um, if you go to Skype and look for uh, it, Steve from Georgistan renamed it to Special Edition of the Front Porch for o two o two twenty four. And I'm assuming it's a birthday special edition, but uh, Steve renamed it. Are you talking about Haley, I know? Yeah, Haley in Arkansas? Yes. Yeah, I'm friends on Facebook. I'll get a request here in a couple minutes when I get stopped. Okay. Uh, Yeah, it's it's definitely not the Mrs. Governor Ambassador Speaker of the House, Haley. Well, I, 
I didn't know how to phrase the question correctly. Yeah, Haley in Arkansas, I'll send her a request here as soon as I get stopped to Facebook or something. I'll okay, great. Do it. I, ho- I hope she just heard yeah. you. Because there's no banner on the main page. Is there not? Because that's what I just told her. Use the button at the top of headon.live. Well, let's put it this way. There wasn't one there earlier, and I messaged Asa via Skype that there wasn't a banner. And I don't have the ability to do it, so that's why I tried to get in touch with Asa. But I don't know whether he whether he got it or not. Okay. Well, I, I think he might be monitoring the program because, uh, well, exactly an hour ago he sent me the message about dry January, dry February, dry March if you're, you know, little Benny Shapiro's poor wife. Which is still funny. Anyhow, about Republicans and, and loving the soldier. Every time, we all know, every time the Republicans get in power, they do their best to decimate every government agency possible. And the VA was no exception under Dumpy. They, they passed the PACT Act, which sounds really, really great. But then when you served in an area that certain items become presumptive and you have the symptoms of that presumptive condition and you file a claim for disability, it's at least an 18-month wait before they get around to assessing whether or not you have the condition that qualifies you for the disability. Even though I have been treated for this particular condition, ever since in the first eruption when I was on Guam, which was 1967, and the VA has been trying to figure it out, it's a recurring disability, Come pops up about once a year, once every year and a half. And it's all documented with photographs, all the rest of it. They match exactly what the condition is. I still have to wait probably between 12 and 18 months for them to make a determination. And I have been warned that even though I have it and it's presumptive, they will still deny it and I will have to appeal it, which will probably cost me another year for them to figure out that I do, in fact, have the condition that is covered under the PACT Act and should have my disability. Because the Democrats just can't fix everything fast enough, and veterans are the ones that get screwed. Now, I'm very happy that I have VA care because the Bushies tried to cut me off. But... uh, I managed to fight my way through that, but I, I, I'm just, everybody says, how come you hate Republicans so much? I've got so goddamn many reasons to hate Republicans that I don't want to write a book about it, and I don't want to monopolize the show for the next four hours to tell you all about it. But anyhow, that's just another thing about how they they love to wave the flag and say thank you for your service and all the rest of that bullshit. But when it comes time to really doing something about it, um, no way. They don't care. You, that, veterans cost too much money. They'd rather see you dead. Well, that, now that's yeah, because then they can wave the bloody shirt. Yeah, 
and that's not anything against the individual doctors, nurses, and people working at the VA that I interact with. They no, have been not at all. more than helpful. But it is the bureaucracy, when you send it off to the top, that it's screw you. Now, our, our local flows. Go. If you get a second, could you message her back and tell her to check her messages? I just sent her a request for her Skype name, or send it to me if you know it. Or have her send it to you and then send it to me. And I'll have... <clears throat> okay, I just messaged her. Okay, just let me know either way, and I'll add her name, and that's how I have to do it. Hey. Hey, Robin. Yeah, hi, Ben. Uh, can I add something to this that Roger that Roger's uh, discussing about the VA? Yes, because I do have some in- insight on this. So when one thing that I know that President Obama did when he was in office is Obama did get a bill passed for our Vietnam veterans that were exposed to Agent Orange, and that's part of the reason why my father finally, in 2012, got 100% disabled, declared disabled from the VA and started getting his veterans pension because of that bill that President Obama passed. What bill that President Obama passed? Uh, uh, what? I, I don't remember the exact name of the act. Okay, I, didn't, but I, didn't, had, I, didn't, I didn't know if it was, I didn't know if it was uh, the, the, the PACT Act that, that Roger was talking about. Or? The PACT Act, all right, a, a little bit of brief history here. We all know that burn pits and Agent Orange cause problems. Right. But originally, you had to have been so afflicted that you went to the infirmary at the time of the exposure, had it documented for you to be able to get any disability. And mostly, you had to be discharged because your disability was so bad that you couldn't continue in the military. Obama came up and said that if you have these conditions, they're only caused by Agent Orange. Therefore, we'll accept it. But you still had to prove that you had been exposed at the site where you were at a particular time, and your service record had to have that listed in it. And a lot of people didn't have that particular thing listed in in their service record. The PACT Act said, okay, if you served on this base or this base or this base or in this theater between this time and that time and you have this condition, it is now presumed to be Agent Orange. So if your service record, in my case, says that I served on Guam from 1966 and 1967 and I have this condition, it is presumed to be caused by Agent Orange, and you are assumed at the minimum to be 30% disabled, which provides a minimal pension and opens up the ability to get my prescriptions uh, without cost instead of having to pay the copay and things of that sort. I have a skin condition of Agent Orange, and it's a recurring skin condition. It has been theoretically documented as a spider bite. It's been a reaction to a vaccine. It's been, oh, you've got a bacterial infection. And and they've done all kinds of swabs and tests and everything else. 
and they all come back negative, and nobody looked upon it as an Agent Orange, Agent Orange exposure because my specific uh, service did not have me applying Agent Orange, just serving in a place that had been totally sprayed by it, and it was continually sprayed by it. And so it's now presumed, because I have a skin condition, that it would be Agent Orange on one. And Steve, could you, yeah, thank you, uh, kill your camera. Um, anyhow, it, it's just my little thing that it, it's the Republicans that screw up the VA so bad, along with everything else they screw up. Well, but as, as the late great Barkop once said, when a Republican uh, hurts people by screwing up, Oh, what was it? Uh, expect them to, or, or by my, by making a mistake, expect them to make that mistake over and over and over again. I mean, it's yeah, true. It, yeah. So those were my two things that I had on the list. Well, I appreciate and, and of course, now you, the ads run constantly. Did you ever drink the water at Camp Lejeune? Because we apparently can't run a, a domestic military installation without having a bunch of poison all over the place. Well, and the other one is uh, if you went through boot camp from about 1968, 69, uh, up until the late 70s, uh, if you went through firefighting school, there's the PFFAS or something of that sort um, that uh, is, a, is a bad one. And if you served on a ship uh, that was constructed any time up through the 1960s, uh, you had asbestos exposure, and not only did I serve on a ship that was made in the 1940s, I was first assigned to it when it was in the yards being retrofitted, and uh, we weren't given any breathing equipment or anything else, and they were ripping out all kinds of asbestos shit, and I spent a lot of my time on one side of a bulkhead while somebody was welding on the other side, so the paint fumes were coming off the – I was there – I was on one side in case a fire broke out. I was supposed to put the fire out and yell at the welder that was welding on the other side of the piece of metal as if he could have heard me. But anyhow, um, so there's all these lead fumes coming off the, the welding that was being done and no protective gear whatsoever. So, I mean, I, there's a whole, whole lot of things that, that they did. Um, to military personnel from, well, probably pre-World War, World War One, all the way through up through Vietnam, that uh, it didn't matter what branch of the service you were on. You were just a young stud going to be in there for four years, two years if you're drafted, and uh, then kick you out and go home with whatever your problems are because we don't care. Yeah, Roger. They determined from my father's uh, DD-214, the service record, that uh, the five years that he was in Vietnam, because he re-upped uh, five times when he was over there. He was in there from 68 to 73. Um, he, uh, 
They determined that the Agent Orange caused his coronary artery disease, his diabetes, and his COPD. Well, I imagine the cigarettes that I used to smoke had a lot to do with COPD, but these skin lesions are painful and bothersome and look really ugly. And uh, they've never been able to find a source. And yet when I did the research after I found out about the PACT Act, I looked at pictures of what Agent Orange does to skin, and my pictures could have been used for that. So they're, you know, but i got to wait 18 months because they're so backed up on paperwork because they can't hire enough people to go through the paperwork. That's, that's enough that's, about me. I, I, yeah. That's all just so Byzantine, infuriating. Uh, well, let's uh, let's bounce around the room a little bit and see what's on folks' minds. Um, uh, jump in. Uh, use your words if you got them. And in the meantime, I got a note from Jessica in the Greater Rochester Metropolitan Co-Prosperity Sphere. Uh, who, going back to the Cheers theme story, Lasai. I heard the long version of the Cheers theme a few years ago. The line about the husband wanting to be a girl turned me off to the song. I mean, the cat being abused doesn't help. No, it doesn't. That was that was that was a, that was a cringe when I finally listened to it once I got home. And they couldn't have used Minnesota as, as far as bumpers go. They couldn't have used Minnesota's own Andrews sisters singing the beer barrel polka. There's a garden, yes, a garden. Only happy faces bloom there, and there isn't any room there for a worry or a care there. Jesus fucking Christ. Smash cut to Jessica literally banging her head against the steering wheel of her Fiat with Jeep badging in the parking lot of the South Target location on the greater on the outer rim of the core of the Greater Rochester Metropolitan Co-Prosperity Sphere. I know, I know, Jessica. And I wanted to share, i, I got to see if it's still there, um... Where'd that clip go? It was hilarious. Uh, Joy in Ann Arbor, and, and she sent it to me in Messenger, and, uh, and I went to find it, and it wasn't there anymore. I thought maybe it was a function of how Messenger worked on a, on a PC, but no, it's gone from my messages, too. Joy sent me a clip, and I have no reason to think that it wasn't real. Oh, and by the way, Brother Deacon Asa says the banner's up there. Uh, for joining the chat at the top of head on dot live uh, for joining the Friday on the front porch group um, but she sent me this clip of uh, sporkfoot reading something into the record and no kidding she gets to the word and I'm going to spell it I-N-D-I-C-T-E-D. We all know it, it. We all know that word is pronounced indicted. But in the hands, or perhaps more accurately, uh, gob of Sportfoot, it became Hunter Biden was indicted, or some say, clearly she had Hunter Biden on the indicted. And the best part, though, is that the camera angle showed her reading, and she follows her little finger along 
word by word on the transcript, you know, just like a kindergartner who's just now working, or just now learning to read. <sighs> Proud moment for the University of Georgia at Athens that granted her an actual bachelor's degree. Good times. Anybody got it? Because I, I, I'm trying to find a way out of my own noggin. Uh, anybody got an, any idea why, it, with that, that, that whole weird little Rod Serling-esque bumper segment that I went on about? Because it just got in my head and it wouldn't go away. Uh, by the way, Haley adds, regarding 1A on NPR, seems WV Public Radio is tape-delaying 1A. Little Rock Public Radio, KUAR, airs it live at 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central, so that would be 10 to 12 Eastern. I usually don't always listen on my weekday off days once or twice per week and usually stream World Cafe from a college station in Monroe, Louisiana. I'm way out of range to get anything, get anything locally. Sometimes I'll hate listen to a talk show hosted by a rather pick-me black host on an otherwise music-oriented station nearby. Oh, that, that, must, be, that must be fun. One of the good ones, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one, Ralphs. Uh, let me let, let me see if I can get to that on the playback machine. That's not a deliberate play on words, but not the wayback machine, the playback machine. Uh, Randy Radar pointing out. Uh, Republicans love their uh, love their wars. They just don't want to pay for them. True. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's that. That looks like the one. <laughs> Here it is. Yes, Midas Touch uh, clipped it out. I wasn't making stuff up. There she is with her little finger moving along the page. She's got her smart girl glasses on. I don't know if she's like Alina Havana 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 and she'd rather be pretty than smart, but, well. Beauty's only skin deep, honey, but ugly goes clean to the bone. This historical evidence is overwhelming that the Founding Fathers intended impeachment to be used. Oh, wait, okay, so this was on the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas? And even Republicans who aren't drunk on their own Kool-Aid are saying, we don't have the votes. ...impeachment to be used to deal with the commission of indictable crimes and the abuse of power. Did you hear there was somebody in the background that went, <laughs> indictable? ...in the abuse of power. Corruption and injury to the. Let's get back to the indictable part. Impeachment to be used to deal with the commission of indictable crimes and the abuse of power. <laughs> Corruption and injury to the nation caused by public officials, among others. She's really working hard there. Indictable at all. 
I wonder if she knows how many times Nitwit Nero's been, you know, indicted. Oh, that's precious. Yeah, my last girlfriend, my last girlfriend, we were fooling around. She said, I'm feeling so indictable. Oh, Christopher. I think the llama just fell off the mountain. <laughs> Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Christopher. How's, how's, how's young Arlo? Oh, he's driving me crazy right now because I'm on the, on the laptop. Oh, you're not a pay. You're, oh, right, right. Well, naturally, of course he is. You're not paying attention to him. But he's starting to listen. I told him to lay down, and he only bit me, tried to bite me like three times this time. Oh, good boy. Good. Good boy. <laughs> yes, we're making progress. Well, uh, I brought... I brought a new to- I brought a new toy home to uh <laughs> it was precious too. Uh, Mr. Shadow is a golden retriever. Uh, we also refer to him as Mr. Golden Hair or the Golden One. And I saw it uh, I saw it on special at the store yesterday and I've seen all these videos of these precious Golden retrievers carrying around duck chew toys. Yeah, because they're retrievers. They're they they go out and retrieve the duck. And so yesterday I stopped at the grocery store on the way home and or and, and well it was Walmart. Yuck. And it was on sale. Like two bucks. And Out of an abundance of just, I guess, foolish hope, I bought it, brought it home, detached it from its cardboard moorings, and called Young Shadow over, and I said, I have something for you. And he sat down, held his head up real proud, smiled at me, and I handed in the duck, and you would oh, uh, I, you can tell when a when a doggy is happy. And he gingerly took it in 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 between his teeth, and pranced back and forth in the house, like he was the proudest doggy in the world, and he may have been. And he he ran to Annette and said, "Look what I got." And he ran back to me, and it was like, "Is it really mine?" And went back to and and oh, it was, most, it was precious. So he carried it around for a while, and everything was going well <laughs> until he found the the squeaked the squeaker in it, which doesn't squeak, but rather quacks. Oh! And he kind of went, and all of a sudden the duck went whack. I thought he was going to jump out of his golden golden skin. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he wasn't feeling so 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 kindly and benign toward Howard. We we'd already told him the duck's name was Howard. And he went back to it a little more apprehensive and picked it back up again and put it down and looked at it and then 
put his paw across it as if to hold it down, and it went quack again. And it was the first thing I thought of was the scene from the Three Stooges with the oyster that was eating Curly's oyster crackers because he 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 gave the duck a look and quack, <laughs> and it had little wings on it, and so he held it down. It quacked madly, and he grabbed the little the, they're just little floppy wings that are so. <laughs> And yanked until he tore that wing off. Ugh. And then we knew that the duck was not for him. Because he would eventually get, he would eventually make it stop quacking, and there's only one way to do that, and that is to chew it to pieces. But one worries about him swallowing the quack device, so nope. Yeah, and, that would be terrible. And then he was upset, and he pouted. Because I had to distract him long enough for Annette to take the duck and hide it. And That's what they do. <laughs> where it go? And years and years and years ago, we had a little Yorkshire Terrier. Uh, in my my parents did, and I. His name was Nicholas, and he was wonderful. But my sister went to Disney World and brought back. Do uh, you remember one of those animated dragon movies had? a dragon in it, and it was called a figment, because it's a figment of your imagination. Well, my sister brought back a little plastic figment. It was hollow. It's cute. And Nicholas saw that and lost his mind. I mean, he backed up on his rear haunches. You know, a little Yorkshire Terrier, adorable. But, you know, they they were bred to be killers. They were rat hunters in Welsh coal mines or English coal mines. And he began just barking maniacally at it. And we had to hide it from him. And he had to be distracted while I ran off to the bathroom and opened the bathroom closet and hid it back behind a bunch of folded towels. <laughs> And from that day, that day forward, if he ever caught sight of the figment, he would he would he would turn he would turn into a little Yorkshire Terrier Cujo. I, I don't know what was going on in his genetic makeup or you know some sort of sense memory of his of his breed, but he wanted to kill it. Real, real dead. And it it, it, it was, it was I, I, and Annette knows the story of the figment. And I looked at her and I said, "This is the figment all over again." And she said, "I was just thinking that." Well, I wasn't paying attention, and I had my hat, my little blue hat, cap, laying where he could reach it, and he got a hold of it and he ran outside. And he talk about proud puppy. He was running around the whole yard. Throwing it up in the air, grabbing it in the air, and then throwing it again and all over the place. He did that for like a half hour with my hat. So now it's in the wash. Naturally. Uh, back to indicted for a moment. <laughs> uh, subject line, indicted. Hello, Robin. Did you hear about the secretary who asked the lawyer if she could use his dictaphone? He said, why don't you use your fingers? 
<laughs> Peace, lady. <laughs> Signed, Brendan the Gutter Snipe. <laughs> uh, good cowbell, yeah. Yeah. We're 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 uh, playing fast and loose with the cowbell. the cowbell tonight, right? Isn't that the isn't that the orders of, order of the day? Yes. Fast and loose with the cowbell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I mean, what else are you going to do when your radio show is 20 years old? And you're all caught up. Congratulations for that. Yeah, that doesn't just happen every day. That's great news. Congratulations. Worry-free, worry-free weekend. It's going to be wonderful. And speaking of which, I am so excited, Christopher. You know, this is Groundhog Day. Yes. And apparently everybody from Punxsutawney Phil to French Creek Freddy to uh, Earthworm Earl agrees there will be an early spring. And in proof of that, at least here this weekend, we're going to have not a cloud in the sky tomorrow or Sunday. And temperatures near 60 degrees. Yeah, it's been glorious here the last two days. Well, I was working all day. I really wanted to get Arlo out for a while today, but um, it's tomorrow. I, I don't know. Hey, Roger, what's the forecast like tomorrow? You're usually a tad bit warmer than me. Don't know. It's uh, sunny, partly cloudy here with rain showers, but I don't know tomorrow. Yeah, I'll have to look. It's been glorious the last two days here. Well, it's going to be beautiful tomorrow, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, apparently. So tomorrow is officially Roxanne Puts the Smoker Together Day. Oh, good for you. The bolts came in. Oh, the bolts have been here uh, since December. I just haven't had the weather that would allow me to do it. So tomorrow the smoker gets put together, and if I do it early enough, I've probably got enough charcoal to burn it in and... I may get inspired and run up run up and grab a pork shoulder and just put it on to smoke low and slow and 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 I've got the uh uh the grape the grapewood chunks that uh that cat in Ohio sent me and so there may it's possible by Monday there will be for the first time in nearly 2 years there will be pull, fresh good wonderful competent Pulled pork, and by God, I'll 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 get a decent bottle of barbecue sauce and 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 make a batch of the hot slaw, and all will be well with the world. Uh, speaking of spring, uh, it was 68 here today with a heat index of 76. Next That's Sunday, awesome. is, next Sunday Super Bowl Sunday, it's supposed to be 85 with a heat index of 90. What? Yeah, it's supposed to be the same temperature here as it is going to be in Las Vegas. And congratulations to your Chiefs. They did it. You were you were right about everything, Ben. You called it all. Now let's who, see if you can finish it off. Who knew we were going to get a Super Bowl 54 rematch? I, I, I was skeptical. I thought it was going to be us in Detroit. If 49ers look beatable, they look very beatable. Bullshit. They had to make a furious comeback. Ah, what do you mean bullshit? They sh- they probably should have lost that game to the Lions. They were down by 17. 
Uh, Brock Purdy's such a wimpy quarterback, he can't come from behind. <laughs> that could be taken several ways. I'll, I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> good. It, well, it's good of you. It's good, that's, that's very nice. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, I think I think it's, it's going to be a, a good close game. game. Yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a close game down to the wire, and it's going to be mistakes. And Detroit fell apart at the end, made some horrible mistakes and bad coaching decisions. Ooh. I mean, aggressive, yes, but aggressive, stupid, yes, bad. Fourth, all those fourth down, they didn't convert any of them. Yeah, but the you thing, know, but the thing is, he he was very, they were very they, they they had a they had a not a not awesome punter, and they had yeah, done they had bad. they had gambled on fourth down on fourth down all season long, and and, and he was in off yeah he was an offensive genius for it. Well, you could say the same thing about uh, Justin Love. He was making uh, a little skeptical throws a lot of the year. And it got him as far as it did, but then at the very end, when it counted, nope. Well, went to the weld one too many times. You know what happened with Baltimore? Baltimore beat themselves, especially there at the end. All the stupid ah. mistakes that they made on defense, they kept going offsides. I can't, I can't believe, I can't believe you guys are so simple. We all know why Kansas City is in the Super Bowl. Of course. Tell, lay it out. Lay it out for us. Yes. Yes. We go ahead. The NFL. We all should know. <laughs> the, the, yeah. The NFL rigged the playoffs. Of course they did. And 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 uh, oh, this this is a this is a bigger conspiracy than nine nine eleven and the Kennedy assassination all put all rolled into one. The NFL early on created this giant conspiracy whereby. Taylor Swift would begin dating Travis Kelsey, and that would then create a great social media momentum. And Travis Kelsey is already a vaxxer. And so, so the his inter- brain is compromised, obviously. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And and he's got liquid barcodes running all over his all over his body. And Bill Gates is able to control him through them. Yes, you've heard, you've uh, through, heard fi- through 5G. And you so, missed a step, Robin. Well, oh, oh, did I? Travis Kelsey doesn't exist. It's Joe Biden and Travis Kelsey mess. Oh, I off at halftime to show like the world. Scooby He's been the all season. <laughs> I'll, I'll be damned. I thought I thought Travis Kelsey was actually John F. Kennedy Jr. No, he's neither of them. He's actually Biden in the Travis Kelsey mask, wearing shoulder pads. We're all living in a Scooby-Doo episode. Yeah, okay. That's right. It's all one big hoax on us. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. <laughs> it's fast it's, and loose with the cowbells tonight. It's it's crazy the shit that the maggots are saying oh about. Oh, my Lord. No, no, no. Totally we, haven't, we haven't even gotten to the end of the conspiracy yet. So okay, the going. So the NFL owners... The NFL, which is comprised of a whole bunch of, ten, of, of, of right-wing billionaire owners, conspired to make Kansas City win the Super Bowl so that Taylor Swift, who endorsed Biden, could then help Joe Biden 
win re-election and, 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 and keep the rightful president who's been the rightful president all along from getting his third consecutive term in office. Good makes Lord. Makes sense to me. Yeah, I get well, it. How much, well, okay, if it makes sense to you, then for the love of God, please, Christopher, tell me what you are smoking, drinking, <laughs> or, you know, rubbing under your arms to make it make sense. It's all breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's what I, and I bathe in it, too. Okay. Damn it, Chris, you know better. You know better. You listen to Stephanie Miller. What's for breakfast? It's not every breakfast. It's fucking Biden. It's Joe What's Biden. Yes. What's for dinner? Joe Biden. <laughs> a noun, a verb, and Joe, Joe Biden. What I find remarkable is the microscope with which MAGAs find in the Second Amendment the right for public citizens to carry weapons of war, but totally incapable of figuring out the third clause of the 14th Amendment. Oh, absolutely. Uh, or, well, they're, una- they're, unable to, they're unable to comprehend that keep and bear does not mean own. Well, and they also don't know anything about a well-regulated militia. Oh, that's a, no. Fat dead Tony Scalia said that that's just a literary flourish. A window dressing, right? Kind of yeah. like we the people. Just like the preamble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like the preamble. That, because, I got a question. Because parchment was cheap back then, and well, you know, you could use a, a, a sharpened turkey quill and a little pot of ink, and uh, it was real easy to do. It went real fast. So they just needed to, they needed to, they needed to fill up a little space when they were writing on all of that parchment. Yeah, the first part of the Constitution, for fuck's sake. Uh, Brenda, like the mission but, state of the country. <laughs> oh, and by the way, uh, we have another dispatch from Brendan Guttersnipe. Question, what do you get when you cross a penis with a potato? Answer, anybody? No, I don't know. A dictator. Oh. Brendan. This is all yours. That might be Lavo. <laughs> okay. We are fast and loose tonight with yes, that. Yes, we are. Uh, my, and uh, by the way, Matt, in regard to the Super Bowl, said, I want the Niners to win, but if you think about it, no matter what happens, the right wingers will go crazy. Either Tay-Tay's team wins, which they'll hate, or the Niners win from that damn gay mecca city, which has human feces everywhere. Matt. I mean, you got to put on rubber boots just to just to just to, just to go <sighs> downtown. More simple than that, Robin. You either have to vote for Taylor Swift's team or for Nancy Pelosi's team. It's a killer choice. Ah. All right. You really pushed it with that one, Jeremy. Uh, you- <laughs> that line, I'm, I'm, I've still got, I've still got Matt's email open, which has human feces everywhere. And all of a sudden, I've got Dean Wormer from Animal House in my head saying, "And every spring, the toilets explode." <laughs> so hey, Roger, uh, pretty much everything's ready. I gotta hang some of my old Chica- my Chicago uh, pictures up. 
to get Super Bowl ready, but I'm pretty well Super Bowl ready. Uh, here's the one thing, though. The freaking microwave is dying on me. We're dead. So I was going to try to order one to see if I can get it installed under the, I want one under the, you know, above the stove, above the range. So I don't know. That's going to be iffy if I'm going to make it in time for that. Well, I, do, I, I, I just need a regular oven. Yep. Well, that's there. And I've got a, uh, this kind of, uh, pizza crisper re- reheating thing that my dad get that works really good. Um, I got a bunch of stuff. I got the Traeger, of course. I've got, I've got to a, uh, check my recipe again, but I think it's, uh, like 20 minutes at 350. That's fine. That's fine. I've got a, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, air fryer. Air fryer. Well, that, I mean, these, these are simply, uh, stuffed, uh, the recipe is stuffed jalapenos, but I didn't use jalapenos. I used ahi amarillos. Uh, and oh, half that would of be intense. Bacon, and the other half, I, I ran out of bacon. So, and they're they're sitting in the freezer, and I'm just going to pull them out and bring them up with me. And uh, do I need to bring a, a rack to cook them on and a pan to slide them into the oven, or do you? No, have that? I got all that shit. You don't okay. need to do that. Hey, hey, Roger. If you can bring a bag of ice on the, if you could hit the store. Just before oh, you God. arrive, and- I'm missing another mini horn end. This is killing me. <laughs> yeah, I can, and, and you've got my phone number, so text me your address so I can put it into my Garmin, um, so I can when I drive up. Hey, Roger, well, let then- me let me ask. Relative to the size of a, a regular jalapeno, what's this? Uh, what, what's the size of an ahi amarillo? Uh, the longest ones are about five. They're normally around three to four. And uh, similar diameter. Yeah. Oh, those would yeah, stu- oh, those would stuff wonderfully then. Yeah, and I, I even forget what the what the mix was I stuffed them with. I know it had cream cheese in it and a bunch of other shit. Oh, that, you know would, what's that, that would be that would be so good with some chopped up brisket. Ooh. Well, I'm coming from two hours away, so I'm not planning on cooking a brisket in the, on the manifold of my pickup truck. Okay, I, you know that on, on my big off-highway diesel truck, I used to cook stuff on it in the morning to have for lunch. But the manifold's not big enough on my pickup. <laughs> Robin, I was listening to the show the other day with when uh, Dave and the Blind called in. I think I'm going to give it a shot. That Chex Mix idea that he was talking about. Oh, didn't that sound yummy? Oh, my God. Now, I don't know if I could hit Amazon and look up. What was the name of that cottage? What, what was it? The name of the, the dips oh. that were on Amazon? Let me look yeah, here. I think it? I think I still have Ralph's might... email. Okay. Country Cottage something, maybe? No, it was Coyote Country something. Coyote. Yeah, Coyote what? Uh, stand by. Maybe I can get it in time. That sounds good. I've got lots of other snacks, uh, and I'm going to hit Costco, Roger, probably Friday. But, um, uh, yeah, we'll have plenty of snacks, and then we'll get pizzas for, like, halftime. Coyote, Coyote Country. Coyote Country. Okay, okay. I'm going to order some of that dip. And it was a blue – it was a – Bacon um, blue cheese. Bubble? 
bacon blue cheese and there was a buffalo too, right? Oh God, there. Yeah, I was. I, I got to try this. Uh, See, yeah. Bacon horse. I think I want to have that for the party. Bacon horseradish tomato. Oh shit, that sounds good. Too. Artichoke. The wasabi sesame. You said too. Uh, right? artich- artichoke. Asiago and red pepper, bacon jalapeno popper, buffalo wing, cheddar bacon, chipotle crab, cucumber red onion. Man, to use the crab and actually put some crab, real crab, not those stupid baked crab, but, you know, some lump crab meat and mix that. Oh. uh, I live in crab country. Onion and bacon. Uh, Yeah, wasabi ginger. Yeah, that sounds really good. And they got, All right, I'm and gonna they, make and, some uh, of that hold, shit. hold on though. They got one. They got a green chili. That would be good. But and what did else? Did Dave said he, he? What else did he uh, sprinkle on there? Do you remember? Oh, what? What was it? Damn it! I wish. Well, I could look on the. I can. Oh, he's, no, he said, no, he said he was using Italian seasoning. Oh yeah, I've got that. This is curious. Hot mystery dip. Yeah, how about that? I don't know. Well, I'll order it, but I I think I'll I think I'll make the stuff for the party that I know will will be good. And apparently they've got all kinds of stuff: uh, tortilla soup mix, medium chili mix. This is an unpaid product placement, y'all. Yeah, um, you need to ask them for yeah. Shoot them an email and say, hey, would you like to uh, donate to the horn? And we'll. Uh, <laughs> no, what you do is when y'all I order swear. it, you say, I heard about this on. Yes. Yes, send them an email. So you'll you'll be the you'll be the you'll be the face of their uh, franchise. Uh, I just checked a review. Uh, someone gave it five stars and said, "Coyote Country products are all you need to make wonderfully seasoned dishes and impress your guests." The bacon blue cheese is my favorite so far. Okay, that's a must then. Okay, that's Roger. I'll have that ready to go for the party. And someone bragging on the buffalo wing. Someone else likes the dill. Uh, someone's raving over the green chili. Green chili is apparently an acquired taste, though, because the next review down says green chili, yuck. Probably, probably a Republican. And uh, 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 subject line poppers. Matt in San Francisco said, oh, wait, that's a different kind of party. Matt. <laughs> uh, and uh, Cynthia in the Bay Area, food porn, food porn. Just back from the store, nothing sounds better for a Friday evening than food porn. Oh, Cynthia, I was waiting to hear from you because you're going to have to go, when the podcast up, uploads, you got you to get the first hour. I can't, I'm not, I can't go back, uh, but just, girl, first hour. And and once you've heard it, let me know if you've got any theories. That's all all I'm gonna say. Oh, I posted a picture, a new picture of Arlo. Getting big. Oh, and the thing is, he's still. I saw that, and he's still. The the his body is still way 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 behind his paws. He may have some great Dane in him. I don't know. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
You're going to need a bigger house. <laughs> he is house. so strong already. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to he's going to walk you, not you walk him. Well, that's already happening. He loves and for the first few walks we ever did, he was petrified of these things called cars and buses and trucks that would go by. He didn't know what to do with make of them. Now, oh, he wants to jump at them. Oh, Run no. out right in front of them. I know it's horrible. I don't, I'm trying to get that under control. Thank God his harness it works great. I mean, he can't slip out of it, but I, it, I'm really trying to break him of that habit. That's well, Mr. Shadow, habit. Mr. Shadow is still terrified of of Sorbo, the German Shepherd, across the road. Oh yeah, I'm sorry about that. And those are they're really and, and pro- our neighbors are really the the. the I mean, okay, two, I out mean. Of, two out of two out of three of our neighbors are really really sweet people. The other one's pure maggot. Uh, Confederate flags. <clears throat> there. Oh, yeah. Even okay. Loud trucks, four even wheelers harder up and core. yeah. Loud trucks, four wheel uh, uh, and uh, four wheelers up and down the road all hours of the day and night. God. Curious visitors. Hmm. Oh, I see. Uh, uh, Haley just came in. Hi, Haley. Hi. Let me see if I'm. Am I am I talking? Yes, you are. You're talking. Okay. Okay, maybe. Okay, okay. I'm mute, I'm muting now. I, I I'm not muted, so I'm I'm watching what's this working. So. Okay. Uh, good to ha- good to have you in a, good to have you in the group. It's one, uh, your voice is welcome. Well, it's it's been a like a long time since I've been in here. Um, well, it's been uh, probably over a year, and I've changed internet providers, and I've um, been working on my voice a little bit, and that's the hardest well, part. It's difficult, and I I still sound like uh, uh, Brenda Vicarel at times. No offense, people. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a that's a beautifully specific reference. I sound like a tropical bird with a sore throat, so, you know. <laughs> it's glad you can have, I'm glad to, you can have a good sense of humor about that. I know it's got to be rough. It's got to be really rough. There, there, there's no, eventually, and no, this is not that portion of the program, but I did find out that there is a brilliant ah, vocal cord surgeon in San Francisco. Oh. And a lot of vocal cord surgeries don't work, but this surgeon's does. Didn't Steve Perry have to have that from the from Journey? Uh, I, I think he I did. I, I think he did, but that was to extract. I think that was also to extract all the racism. Oh, is he a fucking racist? I didn't even oh, know you, that. Do you, do you not? Do you not remember <laughs> the a wicked Trumper too? Yeah. Huge Trumper. Huge. Really. Yeah, uh, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, oh, I like them. Come on, um, comedian. Um, Silver. Well, he's not with them anymore. Anyway. No, no, they canned him. Uh, 
but oh, what's her name? Brilliant. She's funny. Um, but she said that, and this was a few years ago, and it caused a bit of a firestorm. She said that they were working the same venue, or they were at a party or something, and Steve Perry comes up with a friend and says, oh, yeah, I love her work. She has the best word that has the sound of the same letters as ginger, jokes. Rob. I don't know if you brought it up or yet tonight, but I, I heard last night that uh, Biden has the clever fox that he is. He's found a way, the, a, way, a way around the Ukraine issue. He's sending the weapons into Greece, and Greece yes. is passing them on and overriding what Congress is trying to do to him. So we're, we're getting around it. And for people who think, not hopefully no one in this group, think we're actually sending um, – Ukraine actual hard cash and pallets and stuff. That's not happening. No, it it's never happening. has. No, we're sending them weapons. We're getting it. We're using our industrial supply. Yes, yes. We're, we're feeding our, our military industrial complex. That's all we're doing. Yeah, this is military industrial complex future, socialism. Yes, yes. That's exactly. that's exactly what it is. Yeah, we ain't sending blank checks to Zelensky. That's not. What? That's not the deal. Hunter Biden. But of course, but of course, that yeah, that's what Marjorie says. It's indictable. Uh, <laughs> well, God, what probably it people are thinking that we're sending money because of the pallets of money that disappeared in Iraq. Well, right. Yeah, they, but they so were they, they called the them they called them footballs. Well, they played football with them in the hangar. Yeah, they 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 literally <laughs> played catch with shrink wrapped. Bundles of hundred dollar bills. Mm. And I've said this for if, years. If you recall, there was no auditor. Yeah, why did they I need an auditor? I hope so. Cheney was in charge of it all. And you don't cross over, he'll shoot you in the it. face. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. Go ahead. And I've said it for years. No someone else can recall it, but I distinctly remember just prior to nine eleven. We're talking like within a week. Maybe a couple of days, Rumsfeld came out and made an announcement that we lost track of something like one point something billion dollars. This might be the pallets Rogers talking about. And a couple of days later, 9-11 happened, and that discussion went away. The money was forgotten about. It was never talked about again. But he had a press conference about it. They disappeared off a seven, like a C-130. Huh. Yeah, I remember you saying that on the back porch last week. Oh, the C-130 <laughs> landed at, uh, not Bagram, but one of the Dang other Dad International. And it was unloaded by forklifts, went into a warehouse, and uh, they got cracked open, and football was played by the crew that was unloading, and it simply vanished from the hangar. Huh. What, what me worry? What does make more? But that was okay. Wasn't there a pallet of cash for uh, from the Iran nuclear deal, reportedly? Well, undoubtedly more than one. Speaking of Iraq, uh, I guess we fired off some cruise missiles today, huh? Yeah. 85 different targets, 145 separate munitions, 
in Iraq and Syria. Wow. Well, they kind of asked for it. Yeah, we are. We are not. A, we're. We are not obliged to take the killings of American service personnel and just say ho hum. But the thing is, right. That, that that wasn't and and the entire time the maggots were screaming, "Hey, stop. grab him by the right!" Yeah, and he's not doing anything. Why? Why? Why did it take him so long to act? You do realize that the three people who were killed were not regular army, don't you? Uh, what, I saw a couple were, pictures. Were they, gar- were they were they guard or or reservists or? My understanding is they came out of the Alabama National Guard that got activated. Uh, but they were but they were all three from Georgia. Georgia, okay. I'm sorry, Georgia, Alabama, Georgia. What the hell's the difference? Well, no, that's I think why Marjorie was screaming so loudly, cackling. But she's going to do that. So she she knows how to do it. Regular army, I know that. And indicative of our military service, they were what I will affectionately call minority, because the armed forces are made up tremendously out of minority, because those rich white boys don't want to go into the military or white girls. It, it's being left to uh, enlistees, and it comes from the downtrodden, stomped on, uh, impoverished people of this country. And I have been opposed to the draft, even though I've been a draft board member for pushing 20 years now. I've never done anything but telephone calls. Um, one of the reasons I got on the draft board was to make sure that the favoritism of the Vietnam era would not happen in any area in which I lived, um, that bone spurs would not get you out of the service kind of shit or get you into the National Guard, blah, blah, whatever. Um, But I'm beginning to think that a compulsory national service might be a very good thing for this country, not necessarily into the military, but getting people from different parts of the country together to create cohesive work groups, even if it's building trails in our national parks or building chalets up in the mountains or cleaning out culverts on the interstate highway system or something that's national service. Or how about affordable, affordable housing that we desperately all, kind, all, all kinds of different country. things could be done. Yeah. But what I'm talking about is a something like a mandatory two years of service with then a four-year subsidy for higher education or trade school, but simply to get people from different parts of the country and different socioeconomic groups to work together to benefit the country. And if you chose to go into the military as opposed to doing civilian service, then that would be an option for your two years of service. But even if you're in a wheelchair, 
you could become a paper pusher uh, at a uh, highway culvert cleaning project that was going to manually clean out the culverts on a section of I-5 to stretch from well, Portland down to Grants Pass or something. But some kind of compulsory domestic or military service, universal for everybody upon graduation from high school or turning 18 if you're a dropout. The Civilian Conservation Corps of FDR era comes to mind. Planting trees in fire in, in areas that had been burned over by forest fires. Yeah. Becoming a firefighter. I mean, there's all kinds of building, public building, service jobs. There, building burdens. There are. There to are. Protect floodplains. Yeah. There are stone walls down at the state park about four miles from here that my grandfather helped build as part of the either uh, WPA or CCC. Well, there's also that memorial fairly close to you uh, on the silicosis thing that's got CCC work there. That's the same national park. Okay, well, yeah, I they, just they, remember visiting yeah, that when I was back there. Yeah, they they kind of hid, they kind of hide the sign a few feet down the tra- down the, down the pathway. But there's a beautiful lookout over on the coast here. Point Perpetua or something of that sort of name where you drive up and then it's a short walk and there's this little stone, um, not really a cabin, but but it's a, a stone building with a roof on it that has benches and all that. And you get to look out from, I don't know, you're probably 1,000, 1,500 feet above the ocean looking out on the ocean and, and the shoreline. And it, it's another CCC project. A bunch of the old campgrounds around this area, the county and city, county and uh, state parks, have uh, all kinds of trails with rock walls and, and bank hold 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 the bank back from the trail, kind of stuff. All that kind of stuff could be done. And what my point here is though that if we could get people. And I'm thinking particularly the country boys who grew up in the middle of a cornfield in Iowa to be in a work group with some kids from the inner city that the only time they saw a tree that wasn't planted by a human was when they got into this group that's working. And they're working together to do a project that is beneficial to the society of the country. Um, and, it, and it'll benefit each other because they'll get the uh, insight into other people's backgrounds, yeah. which I th- you know a lot of people in this country simply don't get. You know, well, us the- libtards that live out here in the Northwest, they, I mean, you know, the maggots, they just look at us like we're aliens, right? Well, the, f- the first time I ever ran into anybody from the deep, dark mountain gullies of Appalachia was when I was in boot camp in the Coast Guard. And we had a total different worldview. I'm not sure either one of us has changed a whole lot. I'll put the same same on me. I have not been in the South very much, a little bit here and there, not a whole lot. So I don't have a personal identification with 
Southern cultures and vicariously through you, Robin. I was going to say you've got me. You've but, got you've got me as a yeah, tour guide. I've got you as a tour guide, exactly, and and, but, cult, um, and cultural interpreter. Yes, yes, and I'm well, grateful to you for that. But when, you know, I, I, when I was, I have a hard time putting myself in their shoes when they start yapping their crazy baggity talking points. And I, and, I, and and that's I, that's I the th- but that, that's the thing, though, Christopher. And and I, I try to I try to emphasize this from time to time. You know, Texas, but for gen- gerrymandering, would probably have been blue a dozen years ago. Alabama's the same way. Mississippi came very close to to, to booting uh, 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 Colonel Governor Taint Reeves. Uh, from the governor, the from the governor's office. Yeah, um, Robin. There are a lot. Of, there, there are a lot. There are a lot of progressive people in the South. It's just that the governments are so corrupt that they never. They're they're, they're functionally unable to wield political power. Uh, yeah, Robin. Go, Ben. There's only one area in Kansas stopping Kansas from turning blue, and that's Wichita. Wouldn't surprise me. That's Coke. That's Coke Brothers Central. Right? The, that's the it, home. That's yeah. home base. And is, is the uh, is the Kansas side of Kansas City? And uh, I'm trying to think of the communities. It's been so long. Uh, Overland Park and stuff. Is that blue? Uh, my my county, my county, Johnson County, Johnson County, where Overland Park and Olathe is, and Wyandotte County and Leavenworth County are blue counties. And and it, it is it is shifting, and if we can just not, and that's a I know this is a this is a big ask this is a heavy lift for Democrats if we can just not fuck up. Circular firing squad. I mean, I'm going to be a it's little. Going to kill us if anything's going to kill us in November. It's that. It's it, that's the only yeah. thing that can really. Down and us. I'm not I'm not I'm not gooning on them. Okay. Uh, but I saw a piece on, oh, I think it was MSNBC, uh, interviewing pissed-off Muslims in Michigan. Yeah, I know. Uh, with their uh, don't vote for Biden signs. Right. I'm like, well, you know, in July, do you think that Trump's going to be any better? Yeah, he'll be a thousand trillion times worse. That's the thing. And and you have to get out of this fantasy world where Biden is the boogeyman and you have a plethora of other better choices. You have one other choice. You have two choices, people. This is called reality. Get with it. Yeah. Hey, Steve. You know what? I got with all due respect. That's that starts. That sounds an awful lot to me like they're voting against their own best interests. People need to acknowledge that what what they're saying is legit. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm not challenging the legitimacy of their complaint. I'm asking I'm asking how they think they're going to improve their lot by helping by, Trump. by helping Trump carry Michigan. I don't think that's the correct the question. The question is, you've got people who who put their trust in somebody and they're looking at it and going. We got just got shit on again. 
well, I mean, do they do they think there's a presidential candidate out there who will take their side over Israel's? I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is it stops with how many times do we have to do this and and still get shit on. It's a purely well, I'll, emotional. I'll, I'll be a little more blunt. How many how many Palestinian kids have to be hellfire missiled before it's too yeah. many? So far, you know, we're up. We're, we're the overall kill total is at at one percent of the Gazan population. Uh, it, is it, it how, how many? How what percentage is too many? But by the same token, the Biden administration has been repeatedly telling, not asking, telling Israel, which, let's be clear, has a fascist government Mm -hmm. to lay off, to step back, that they're losing international support, that they've squandered all the international sympathy that they got on October 7th. But the the problem is, is that... uh, uh, Beelzebub Smotrich and what's his fuck Ben Gavir are threatening to uh, shatter Psycho Bibi's fascist coalition. Well, I think. Look, I'm sorry, but the words of Biden are just blah blah blah. If he really, if he really gave a shit, if he really wanted to do something. He would say, "Okay, fine. No more money. No more weapons. It stops. This lip service is just that lip service." I'm but, sorry, but, but I, is I'm, the, I'm is taking dip- a hard line on this. Is diplomacy lip service? Yes. In this case, yes, because they're ignoring him. They're laughing at him. Yeah, they, they have. Told, they have. Fascists, they have. Steve? They have told him. They've told him to the fuck off. Pulling the trigger. Yeah, they're the ones pulling the trigger. But if he said to them tomorrow, okay, no more weapons, no more money. Look what they did with those settlers, Steve. They sanctioned some settlers, some crazy right-wing motherfucking lunatics. Great. Great. Meanwhile, 1% of Gaza is dead. And, you know, a little bit ago in regard to Ukraine and weapons there, Matt in San Francisco said, we're just sending extra stuff that was laying around. I mean, we only have so much room for bombs. Sooner or later, you have to drop them somewhere. <laughs> and, and, and that's true. We are, we are, we are sending the weapons we're, the weapons we're sending to Ukraine don't have, they are, they're, they are nowhere near the, the, the technological uh, sophistication of what we give to Israel. They're no longer. They're not strategically important. They're not technologically modern. I mean, which works because neither is Russia. That's the war they're fighting. They're fighting 1917-style warfare. Well, at this point in time, you know, it's settled into stalemate. So yeah, it's, it's all quiet on the Western Front. By the way, Robin, I didn't say hello. I apologize. Hi, Steve. I didn't say hello to everybody. I just chimed in to. And, and by just, the way, you, to, you, I, and, you and Roger are in agreement. We need a new CCC and WPA, but I did like what you said a little bit ago. Dick Cheney will shoot you in the face, and then you'll have to apologize for, to him for getting in front of his gun. Yep. Yep. My, my bad. 
Oops, I'm sorry I got in front of your in front of your gun. I'm sorry I damaged your bullets. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry I ruined your bird shot, Dick. I'll be more careful, Dick, next time we go hunting together. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Uh, that, by the way, uh, uh, Lou in PA, mandatory Star Trek reference for universal service. Improve a mechanical device and you may double productivity, but improve man, you gain a thousandfold. Khan Noonien Singh to senior staff of the Enterprise. Speaking of Star Trek, Khan! Basically, Spider's birthday. <laughs> what was that, Jeremy? I'm Speaking of Star Trek, it's uh, Data, Brent Spider's birthday today. Oh. Oh, okay. Happy Groundhog Brent Spiner birthday. Hey, by the way, Jeremy, I owe you thank you. Um, I actually had somebody contact me about a place to rent in Burlington, and it was in the part of the area that I wanted, but it was on North Street. So I, I used the advice that you gave me, so thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, yes, run from North Street as fast as you can. Run, 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 run. Because you know what? There's a lot of those areas around that actually seem to be pretty nice areas. North Street, back kind of like in Oakland was, it was a great place for people back in the turn of the century. And it was all different cultures mixed in there. And then, unfortunately, in the 80s, 90s, times went on, it's become a drug den, crime, horrible stuff. But ironically, that's the street where a few years ago we were replacing wooden pipes, water pipes the city was still using 300 years later. And wait, 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 wooden? Yes, we still have wooden pipes here for water pipes in the parts of the city. Wooden. They've been there since the early 1800s. I kid you not. And uh, they're being replaced. And when they dug up a part of North Street, they found three soldiers buried there. Ooh. The soldiers buried there were British soldiers from the War of 1812. Oh, that's cool. They identified them by their buttons, yep. Probably came down from Canoodlia. Yep, they did. Just like the uh, Confederates ran to Canada if they robbed a St. Elmo's banker in here, but yes. And and they were probably part of that contingent that marched on, because we talk about the British burning Washington, D.C. in the War of 1812. Well, I mean, they were they were British. It was Canadians. Don't screw with the Canoodlians. They will fuck up and, your and world. You know, <clears throat> and you do know, I don't know if you know, but in Canadian, in Canadian history, they count that as, the, as Canada defeating the U.S. in the War of 1812. That's not true. Ace is not going to fuck up my world. I'll screw with him all I want. <laughs> oh, I think the gauntlet has been thrown. Uh, by the way, Clarence, even Clarence, the score. Clarence yeah. just hey, you know, every time I see every time I see the Houses of Parliament in London, I think ah, you know, y'all got payback coming. I hold grudges. <laughs> Shame on me. I'm sorry. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Hey, by the Robin, way, before the by end the of way, the show, oh, go ahead, oh, Steve. By the way, Canada is going to be having a conservative government yeah. after the next election. I have a feeling you're right. And you know why? Do you know the housing? I just saw some statistics about this. Housing in Canada has risen at a faster rate than any industrialized country in the world. Yeah, Ace has been talking about that. Now, you mean you mean housing prices? Yeah, housing prices. Yes. Yeah. I mean it is. I think I don't. I told you the story. When I was last time I was up there, I bought. There's a toothpaste that I get up there that I like, 
because it's high fluoride that you can only get by prescription down here. $19 a tube. It's ridiculous. God, there's speaking something. of the house, speaking of the houses of parliament, I have an ancestor on my mother's side with the surname of Fox, and it's spelt the right way. Two X's? Yeah. I was, yeah. No, F-A-W-K-E-S. Oh, oh, at the Fox, yes. Yeah, as in Guy Fox. Right. But hey, Robin, I wanted to switch gears real quick. I know we're running short uh, on time. Well, just give me one What's second. I, just give me one okay. second because I got a note in from Clarence. Iraq and Syria attacks. The military-industrial complex are clinking champagne glasses. Every armament used has to be replaced. The average cost of each weapon system is a million dollars. Mission creep is in full effect. The military services have to try out the latest high-tech munitions and equipment. It's a training ground. That's true too. But what's your thoughts on the Section 230 stuff? You know, the hearings they had with the social media titans and blah, blah, blah. And what's your thoughts? Because I've heard several different thoughts on this. Is it a good thing that we scrap that? Is it a bad thing? I know Donnie wants it because he thinks it'll help him. What's your thinking on this? Uh, There were several bills discussed in that hearing. The one that gives me the greatest degree of pause is what's called uh, the, what is it, COSA or CUSA? It's it's the one that, let me, uh, there it is. The Kids Online Safety Act, or COSA. Okay. That thing gives me the creeps. Okay, what's what's creepy about it? Well, for starters... I work I, IT and it scares the crap out of me. Okay. Oh, is that you, Micah? That would be a wild Micah-chew appeared. Oh, <laughs> a wild Micah-chew. A wild so, Micah-chew yeah, Micah yeah, has entered the room. Uh, so, you've got... Bipartisan and White House support for this thing, the COSA. But the fact of the matter is, one of the people leading the charge on the maggot side is Triple X Marsha Blackburn. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Oh my nose. Oh my nose. Oh my nose. And she has been telling anybody who will listen. Protecting minor, protecting minor children from the transgender in this culture and that influence, I've got the Kids Online Safety Act, which would put a duty of care and responsibility on the social media platforms, and this is where children are being indoctrinated. They're getting onto YouTube to watch a video, and all of a sudden, this comes to them. She sees COSA as a means of eliminating all trans references on the Internet. Okay. And what's what's sad is that people like uh, Richard Blumenthal are being complete. I mean, I, I, I my senator is a co-sponsor. Uh, yeah, Democrat Gary, Gary Peters. Gary Peters. Yeah. 
And when I tried to call his office and advise why exactly this was a horrible idea, and as one of his voting constituents, I would be very grateful if he would reconsider this, um, he can't even be bothered to have a staffer to run the phones. No, it just goes straight to voicemail, right? Yes, ma'am. Well, you can try his online portal. You might get a you might get a type a response with an electronic signature on it. it yeah, it, but there's it won't, a, it, won't there's, be, it won't be germane to anything you said. But you'll get one. You'll get it in the mail, and it'll it'll say Gary Peters. And, and that's the part that annoys the crap out of me about this is that you know every time you 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 have one of these things where you know the word gets out, call they always say call your representative because it's it's easier. It's it's harder to ignore us if they have to dedicate resources to sitting there and writing down mm-hmm, and listening. Mm-hmm, yep. No, I understand it. And tying up time in a staffer's day. Now, another phone call, another phone call, another phone call. They take note of that. But it's it's easy when they don't feel like they have to listen to you anymore. Uh, absolutely. You know, email, emails. Emails can come from out of state. Um, you know, it's much more likely that they're going to disregard a bunch of feedback from people. Like I, I, I contacted Senator Blumenthal and I um, contacted um, Senator Stab- Stabenow and they had staffers um, and I was able to tell them what's going on. Um, but, you know, they tend to want to ignore letter writing campaigns because, you know, with the Internet, the great thing is is how much reach we've got and everything. But the really crappy part about it is, is that, oh, well, that's just a bunch of people sending in form letters. We can just count that as one. Well, there's that. But but just to do a little bit deeper dive into this, Senator Blumenthal is being, and I say this as nicely as I possibly can, a simpleton about this. He said... I fundamentally emphatically disagree with Senator Blackburn's position on the LGBTQ plus community. Well, that's not the same thing as the bill doesn't say what she says it says. And the thing is, it does do what she says it says because it has been drafted in such a fashion that it gives enforcement power over the act to state attorneys general. And several of them have already said that they're going to use this to start going after that content. And even if they don't say that they are, look at what that idiot over in Paxton, is that his name? Ken Paxton over in Texas. First name came to mind. Who's sitting Uh here, you know, harassing hospitals on the other side of the damn country to get records on trans people. Not even trans kids, trans people. And if I can segue this into another conversation... The people up here in my lovely state GOP have been caught on tape fully admitting, yeah, we know it's BS. We're not we're, we're not really going after kids. The end goal is to eliminate this from the public sphere entirely, entirely but yeah, we know we have to take yeah, small bites. Right. It's genocidal. And, okay, great. The California attorney general won't use that use it that way. The Connecticut attorney general won't use it that way. The New York, Letitia James, the Attorney General, won't use it that way. But Ken Paxton in Texas will, and Steve Marshall in Alabama will, and whoever the dipshit in Mississippi is will. Florida, Florida. And the Attorney General of Florida damn sure will, and the Attorney General of Tennessee damn sure will. 
Well, that is a frightening thought. So this is just a Trojan horse. Sure and Republicans are really good at that kind of legislation. It's been called exactly that. And the thing, and the thing and, is, Christopher, uh, it's it's not just a Trojan horse. It goes back to what Mike had just said. It's the Keep Our Kids Safe Act. But the only way to keep our kids safe, as as Marsha Triple uh, X Blackburn said, is to make sure that it isn't there at all. Right. So, not to put too fine a point on it. What with this being our 20th anniversary of this program and all. But it could be used by my attorney general to end this program. Ooh. To remove it from the internet. Jesus Christ. That's crossing a Rubicon. And, and, and the, thing that, the, the thing that scares me about all of this, I mean, just... A, uh, apologies for going into this topic, but I brought it up. Well, you you did, you did, and thank you. Uh, you've got the thing going on in Florida, Florida right now, where it will be a crime, fraud, punishable by jail time, if you are caught with a driver's license, and you have ever had a driver's license with a different marker on it. A different gender marker. Oh, uh, Robin, speaking of that subject, uh, I seen where uh, Iowa is considering a bill that would mandate both gender markers on people who are intersex and trans. Oh, for God's sakes. We had a little victory in (laughs) Iowa a couple of days ago. Uh, they, they 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 shot they shot down an anti-trans bill. But, well, the governor's trying to get revenge now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's they're wanting to out everybody on on driver's licenses. Oh yeah, fine, you can change it, but you're going to have both. The ultimate goal is they want us all dead. Right, and and the fact the of the matter goal, is, they're just not saying it. Yeah, they do. They want us all dead. That's why I said it's a genocidal urge. But going back to Florida for just a minute. That means if, for some godforsaken reason, I, with my West Virginia license that says female, happen to be in Florida, let's say, oh, I don't know, I stray across the room at the Florabama Lounge that sits on the Florida-Alabama line, one, uh, I'm already in danger, two, if a cop asks for my license and I present it, I, who am not a citizen of the state of Florida, am chargeable under that law. If they bother to charge you, um, uh, I, I, I you don't call a, them. You mean as opposed to just uh, hate crime? Easy rider. Well, yeah, uh, easy rider. Uh, a, a, person, a person that I know online, they're an acquaintance online, I guess is the best way to describe it, um, told a story about before she got her markers and everything updated, she got pulled over one time and she handed the officer her license, which still had her old name and old marker because she hadn't had it updated yet. And he looked at it, looked at her, pulled his gun and said, this isn't you. Get out of the car. Oh, my God. It's very real. And and she said if. Sorry, I was just going to say, she said that if her girlfriend, who is cis and therefore privileged in this situation, didn't 
explain to the cop what was going on. She didn't know what was going to happen. I'm, I'm sorry, Robin. Go ahead. No, nothing. Yeah, well, the answer is nothing good. So the, the, the thing is, they're doing all this stuff. And once upon a time, this is what makes it terrifying, more terrifying, most terrifying, is that in, 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 for, in, in a former era, even with arguably conservative courts, you know, the Burger Court, for God's sakes, this stuff would be shot down so fast that the ink wouldn't be dry on the law. But part of all of this is the concerted effort that has taken place over the course of a couple of generations now to make sure that when there's a Democratic president, there are very few judges confirmed, and that when there's a Republican president, they confirm judges like, like drunken sailors spending in a whorehouse. Okay? So now... Uh, like with this this driver's license business, and Steve, you know, you actually have a law license, so chime in if I, if I'm getting this wrong. There are two there there are a couple of things inside the Constitution of the United States that are absolutely verboten. One is called an ex post facto law. That is a law that creates a crime that punishes a class of people who were previously and makes criminals of them after the fact. Like somebody who's trans and has gotten their gender marker changed, now it's going to be a crime that, and when it wasn't a crime before. That's an ex post facto law. The other thing that is constitutionally repugnant, is, and it's, you know, the, both of these things are in the text of the body of the Constitution itself. It's not even, you know, they didn't even have to, it's, it, it, it was part of the original, not, it, not the Bill of Rights or the other, the, thing, yeah. the, the other thing is called a, called a bill of attainder, which Mary Oldie Engelond used, and, and both of these things were forbidden in the American Constitution because of the abuse of, 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 of these things in England. A bill of attainder simply declares that someone is a criminal, Period. And, den- and and it's used to deny the civil the, – and not even necessarily criminal, but it is used to deny the civil rights of an entire class of people. In England, it was used to uh, remove titles or seize lands by the crown from hereditary estates. And okay. The, f- um, the fundamentals of our justice system say that we do not do that, and yet Florida has done it. If it becomes law, I, you know, I don't know how I don't know how thin the ACLU can be stretched, but I can't imagine they will not file a motion for prelim- preliminary and permanent injunction on this thing, and then it will be heard by a U.S. district court judge, and depending on who appointed them, it will either be enjoined temporarily until it can be fully adjudicated or if it's a maggot judge or some other Republican, it will be denied and it'll just go into effect pending appeal to the 11th United States Circuit Court of Appeals which just sits around all day long drinking uh, drinking stump liquor and dropping brown acid and they will they will rule for the right wing and then it goes to the supreme court and that's why i said earlier previous iterations of a conservative supreme court would have said no fuck this get it out of here 
We can no longer count on the Supreme Court to do that. And that is terrifying. I mean, basically, basically that's Florida saying we don't want any trans people in Florida and we damn sure don't want them coming here. And we will do we will use the entire power, force and effect and and, and strength and might of of the of the state government to torment anyone who dares to be trans in Florida. They've already got a, they've already got a, a don't say gay law, and the and, and and the usual caveat applies. I'm sorry for just running off at the mouth here, but 20 years. The usual caveat applies that oh where was I going? Uh, Okay, uh, I had I did have a question. Go, Haley. Okay, do you think that these push of these laws are intended as a test bed for further marginalizing a larger group of people? That or was, they just that was my point. For, uh, that was exactly my point, Haley. Thank you for the thank you for the uh, uh, thank you for tweaking my my poor little brain. The usual caveat applies. I talk about these things in terms of the trans community because the trans community is who is being attacked. But as no less than Chris Christie said regarding medical bans for trans youth, I oppose this. It's not good. And for those of you who don't care, please understand, you're next. The fact that they're doing it to these kids now they will eventually decide what kind of medical procedures you can have, and it will matter to you. And it's absolutely true. Do you want me to weigh in on that? Please do. Here's where where they get around the ex post facto stuff. They cannot prosecute you for what you did. What they will say is, the marker continues to exist. So as long as it still is there after the law is passed, then we will prosecute. That, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's how they'll get away with it. Yeah, that, or, that's the argument they'll they, make, yeah. Or how they could get away with it. I frankly think the better defense against this, and you're going to appreciate this as like, oh, shit, that actually could mean something, is the privileges and immunities clause. Which, if you remember from law school, I remember all I remember thinking was nobody quite knew what it meant, but it was kind of like that's what we use when we don't really know what else to do. If you have the, the privileges and immunities clause, allows you to travel from state to state, and that something like that has the effect of shutting it down. You t- and you know what? Right. That's a that's a brilliant observation, Steve, because. Uh, if you recall all the uh, all the the wrangling and positioning over the Affordable Care Act, when the Affordable Care Act was upheld, the Supreme Court went out of its way. A conservative Supreme Court went out of its way to say, "Well, no, uh, you cannot uphold the because another one of those is the Commerce Clause. Everything gets touched by commerce, so the Commerce Clause can be used to uphold just about anything. And the Supreme Court said back, what was it, 2012, 2014? They said, 
you cannot say that the Affordable Care Act is constitutional under the Commerce Clause. However, it is constitutional under the federal government's power to tax. Right. And that now, was that was devious and brilliant, but I think I think you're absolutely right because and and it, it becomes a staged process. I don't mean staged in a bad way. It becomes a staged process, Steve, because it's not just privileges and immunities, it's full faith and credit. And I know that phrase sends you right up a uh, right up a tree like it does me. <laughs> Well, because this has nothing to do with your MasterCard. Yeah. No, but it doesn't send me up a tree until people use it wrong. Uh, yeah, and talking thing, about money. Right. The other thing, too, is you, you mentioned the Commerce Clause. That was my other thing was, and by the way, if it's, if it's loud in the background, I apologize. It sounds, like, it sounds like you're at a horn and hard arts. Uh, I made a really, I ate the best veg salad I've ever eaten. Um, I think it could, t- the Commerce Clause... It could touch that. However, given this particularly this particular group of justices, I could see something like that. If anybody made a commerce clause argument there, I could see this. I mean, this also goes back. What was that the, the case? Uh, Philbrin. You know, Philbrin was the one the, during the uh, New Deal that, that basically made the Commerce Clause almost, it basically made it extremely expansive such that if anything even touched on interstate commerce, it was under Congress's purview, purview only. The problem with using the Commerce Clause in this case, I see, is an opening to the Supreme Court to seriously narrow what what is interstate commerce? Well, that, but and I, but, here's what's so hold on. Okay, here's what's so nefarious about that. The Commerce Clause was one of the bases for the Civil Rights Act of '64. That's right. Absolutely. If they, narr- if, if they narrow the Commerce Clause to the extent that these fuckers would like to, then you run the risk of finding the, uh, Title VII and other parts of the Civil Rights Act. Unconstitutional. Wow. So, so if, if anybody's thinking, dream that, comes true of, for them. First, first of all, if anybody's thinking, oh, they wouldn't do that. Think the fuck again. Sure. And number one and number two, if anybody's thinking, um, that you know they they they, they wouldn't do that for other reasons. Think again. Yeah. It has everything to do with conservative, white, evangelicals. And I'm yes. going to tell you something. I do not, I do not consider those, those Catholics up there to be Catholics in the real sense. Because whatever you say about the, the church, particularly in this country, the church in this country has never been a white, white-collar church. In this country... The Catholic Church has been traditionally a blue-collar immigrant church. Right, going all the way, going all the way back to no Irish need apply. Yeah, Irish. Now it's uh, Latinos. So, you know, and, and back to the time when Italian, you know, you know, when Italians were not white. Right, and neither were the Irish. Or Greek. The Irish. So anyway, I don't. I, this is not meant to be a. A, 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 a defense of, of the church, as I often seem to be, uh, be for. But 
first of all, look, Alito and all those people, these are Catholics in name only. These are Chinos. Okay? They are really right-wing evangelicals. Evangelicals. Most, most, well, anyway, I don't want to get into that. But I, I wanted to weigh in here to, to kind of expand this to um, what what the potential what the potential impact is here. And again, you know what? We I have said this. Robin has said this. Others have said this. You need to take we we need to take Pastor Niemöller's admonition to heart. Yep. This is We're not there. just some. This is not a thing that happened. Oh, that was so nice that he did that during um, during the reign of Hitler, or the, the, the the regime of Hitler. I mean, all, everything you can say good about him is true and right and righteous and wonderful. But it's here, and it's right now. Yeah, it's not coming. It's here. It's here, and it, as I have said this many many times, if you think they're not coming for you and you're not a white Christian evangelical. You got something else coming. You're on, you're on their list. So if you you know when I I get upset when people get upset with Robin for talking trans issues because I don't ever see this as trans issues. I don't see LGBT issues as LGBT issues. Human I rights issues. As, these are human rights issues. These are issues for people who aren't in the majority. Steve, I've tried to have this conversation with a, a one of my dear friends who I grew up with from second grade and he is married to a Jewish woman and his two half Jewish uh, sons. Right. And he doesn't understand trans issues. He doesn't equate trans issues with civil rights and human issues, blah, blah, blah. And I've tried to explain to him exactly what you just said. This is a reverend. Take think out the word trans. Think your wife's not on the on the menu here. Your sons. Yes. Yeah. You don't think they're going to be thrown in the pits? Yes. Really? And guess I what? And guess that. what? And guess what, Chris? Those kids are not half Jewish. They're Jewish. Judy, Judaism runs through the mother. They are Jewish. Okay. You want well, you want to go uh, back and look at you want to go back and look at the the race laws in Nazi Germany of who bingo. considered a Jew? It wasn't your mother. It's just a Teutonic version of the one-drop law. Listen, right. you know what? Here's how you explain it to your friend, Chris. Take out the word trans and put woman, black person, anything. Gay any person. group that's been shit on. Gay person, yeah. Native American. Native American person. I mean, yeah. Disabled people, they're next. Yes. People. Oh, I mean, yeah. Jeremy, we know what the Nazis thought of them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I mean, one, of his, one of his sons, by the way, is autistic. This, He's autistic. Yeah. This is just like, this is, this is just like the Nazi purity laws. There was a very narrow band. This narrow group, this narrow band. These are the acceptable people. Anybody outside of that is not acceptable. If you don't think that's what, mention. What, it, yes, if you don't exactly. If you don't think that's where this is where not I'm not saying where it's headed, where they want to take it, you're fucking ridiculous. You're not seeing what's right in front. This, this, 
It's right well, in front of your a, eyes. He's a tremendous height, student of history, too. It should, uh, this yeah. should not be hard to explain to him. They're hiding in I, plain sight. Jeremy is 100,000 million percent. So are you, Chris. Every, I mean, this is why I'm so... I get so aggravated when people get on Robin about talking about trans issues because I don't ever see these as trans issues. I see my welfare. Right. I see every woman, every black woman, every black person. Humility issue. I, 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 yes. I see my my rights and future bound up so closely that I don't hear trans when Robin and talks if, about Right, it. Stephen. If, you're, if, you, if you have to be a Christian, a, a person of Christian faith, how do you how do you how do you look at how do you look at any of this and and still call yourself a Christian in light of Matthew twenty five? Let's just they never Robin. open up the we book, need, uh, Robin. They okay. just use it. We need, use the book to bash you up overside that right. upside the head. We need more people like the ones who signed that petition against Franklin Nazi Graham. Exactly. That's who. That's who we need. And I'm going to shut up now because I've talked too much. So I'm going to go back and, on you. And, and, and sadly, well, I'm I've not. Gotta, I've got to. i got to wrap up because we're overtime now. But I, I just I, the the full the full. We talked about the, Robin, the, the we've talked about Robin, the interstate. Con- yes. This is a conversation we needed to have. Yeah, it absolutely is, and it needs a hell of a lot more conversation, because there are too few of us to save ourselves. We have got to have a hue and cry from cis people. Otherwise, we're doomed. Oh, oh, but Robin, it'll never happen. It'll never get that far. We'll stop them. Don't worry. Don't, it'll never it happen. Right. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Can't I've happen heard that here. A thousand right? to- yeah. Where have I heard I've that? Heard that from, yeah. I've heard that from good friends who know about me, and they said it'll never happen. So the fuck it won't. This is how Nazi Germany started. Same exact thing. The good Germans said it wasn't happening. It wasn't happening until Ike, or not Ike, but uh, Eisenhower led them through the fucking camps. And talk to the Iranians of, of 1978, secular Iran, and and tell them what was coming for them, and they would have laughed in your face. Oh, and by the way, one of the, one, of the, one of the great fictions coming out of the Second World War was, oh, we only found out about the Holocaust after we beat the Nazis. Quel surprise, quel horror. Tell the- but Tell there, that to the but there have, and votes of Jews we turned away. Right. Sent them to their deaths. Yes. But the other thing is, there was reporting from 1930 onward in the United States media. Yeah. We chose to ignore it because, well, you know, we want to stay out of the war. You know, it's Germany's national oh, business. And, and then there's that old story about the way that uh, people like Louis B. Mayer and, and Jack Warner... And other Hollywood moguls bowed and scraped to the Nazi government, even though they were Jews, because they wanted because Germany would not allow a negative portrayal of a Nazi. And Jack Warner and Louis B. Mayer and others bowed and scraped before them because they wanted access to the German market, the film market, the film audiences. Gee, where have I heard this before? There's, you know, there's. There was a bit uh, more earlier. My father's grandfather emigrated from Germany because he didn't want his sons in the Kaiser's army in World War One, and that's how my father's family got here. 
because they saw it coming even then. That's the Jewish side of my family. And then there are the people that fought in the Abraham Lincoln Brigade starting in, what, 1936? In Spain. In Spain against the fascist regime in Spain because they knew what was coming. And German nationals were a big part of that Abraham Lincoln Brigade. <clears throat> My sister's godfather was a soldier in the Abraham Lincoln Brigade and died on Leyte fighting for the United States in World War II. So th th this bullshit's been going on a long goddamn time. Because because the genocidal urge is profound, Roger, uh, among, the, um, among certain segments of the population. And to add one more little ironic cherry on top of the Sunday, you talk about your great-great-grandfather, well, that's also how the Drumpfs wound up in America. Because you'll recall that his great-grandfather was recalled to Germany in the era of, in the Bismarck era, for having dodged the German draft. I think this is around the time of Sedan and the, and the German humiliation of the French in, what, 1876 or so? But that guy had dodged the draft was deported from Germany and came to the came back to the United States and changed his name from Trump to Trump. But and what was the reason he dodged the draft? Was it because he was a chicken shit? Yeah, chicken because he was a chicken shit like Donnie. Yeah, or was he principled like it's my all in the jeans? I got the best jeans. Great grandfather. No, he was a chicken shit, Roger. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the point I made. Yeah, and and just to it go wasn't. just to go back to the uh, to the topic for a minute and put a bow on it. All of these things, and 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 this goes back to what Steve just said about take the trans out of it, and maybe it makes sense. All of these things, ignoring the interstate commerce clause. Ignoring privileges and immunities, ignoring full faith and credit, all of these things are and ignoring ignoring the Constitution's delegation of authority to the federal government to maintain borders. All of these things are purely and simply acts of nullification. And I know I've been hammering on it, but I'm hammering on it because it fucking matters. Nullification is the pernicious doctrine that led to the Civil War. And the outcome of the Civil War was that we will hear no more of this nullification horseshit. Or we will Sherman your ass again. But memory fades with the death of generations. Uh -huh. I saw a photo the other day uh, from 1935 of a shine boy... Shining the shoes of a Civil War veteran. And he was ancient, and he had this big white flowing beard, and he was wearing his Union Kepi cap. And, I, and, and so 35 and 35 is 70. That was the end of the Civil War to 1935 is 70 years. Gettysburg was 72 years. So that man 
had to be 90 years old when he was having his shoes shined. And so, you know, the direct memory of the Civil War and the causes of it died no later than 1935. And secessionism was supposed to have been put to bed, and it was put, and, and, and nullification is the handmaid of secessionism. And that's why, that's why my hair caught fire uh, on Wednesday talking about Nimrata Rondawa Haley, Nikki, saying it's okay if Texas wants to secede. Do you realize how far down the rabbit hole we have to be for a mainstream American politician to say that and still have a political career? Second place in the in one of our, uh, you know. But again, this is a, this is a woman who, who, when she graduated from her white segregationist academy, was awarded a Confederate flag pin for successfully matriculating. Like you said, Chris, we're here. We're here. And it is the the ultimate forgetting forgetting uh, of gener- generational forgetting. And what this and, 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 and what this no, yeah with, what this nullification the, spasm is. And if it if it you know if spasms continue long enough, they just simply become the normal. The nullification spasm. And p- just watch for it as you consume media and whatever. I first heard the word cold civil war when it came out of my mouth 20 years ago. It's now bandied about in the multimillionaire for-profit media, and it only took 20 years. Within the last year, I've coined another phrase. Constructive secession. We want all the federal money. We want all the federal welfare. All of these nullification states are net takers. Uh Uh-huh. They are welfare states being carried by loyal states. And they are engaged and, and in, in the law, when you put constructive in something in front of something, it means it doesn't exactly meet the legal definition of something, but the summer sum total and effect of the conduct is to create that something. Think constructive discharge. They didn't fire you. They just quit paying you. Well, we have we have Greg Abbott. It's like it's like de jure versus de facto. Yes, it is. And so we have we have a constructive secession movement going right now. They have Paul Arms going out. They have Greg Abbott. They have, for all intents and purposes, already seceded. They just haven't gotten around to filing any ordinances of secession, because back during back in 1860. Uh, everybody was a gentleman, and we got to do things regular, right? Like, and we got to have a meeting, and we got to come up with a ordinance of secession, making sure that everybody understands exactly why we're doing this. Well, that didn't work. So let's just secede without saying we're seceding. Let's be Florida and say that none of the rules apply to us, but we're still the United States. 
and here we the hell are. And I'm just going to say before I go on out of here, and by the way, the back porch will continue in my absence after the program goes off the air. That part and parcel of the existence of this program for 20 years, and I wish I could convey how blown away I am at the fact that it is 20 years. I was a I was a young man when this program started. I'm neither of the above now, 20 years later. And part of the goal and mission has always been to create a conversation that can't be heard anywhere else because of the commercials or because of the relentless call screening or because you've only got 15 seconds to say your piece and you can't get any further beyond... God, I love you, Rush Limbaugh. I wish I could have your babies. That's enough about you. Let's talk about me. And I wanted to, and 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 again, I I I invented the phrase conversation radio because that's what happens here. Early on, a lot of people objected to the fact that I would carry on long conversations with people who called the program. Well, that's not what it's like on the other radio shows. Tom Hartman never talks to somebody for 45 minutes. I don't know why I always default to the southern accent. And my answer was, well, I do. Because you can't get any meaningful, you can't get any deep meaning out of 15 seconds and an ad for fucking super beats. The heart and soul of the conversation doesn't even begin to emerge until at least 10 minutes in. Because that's how long it takes people to become at ease and forget that they're on a radio show. They're just talking with a friend. And that's when it becomes profound. And I think part of the reason this program has lasted for 20 years and hopefully will last, I don't know, 20 more. is because it is profound. Because we analyze content. We read with a critical eye. We don't just take things at face value. And we've done so transitioning, what a word, from a pre-social media internet to a social media dominant internet. When disinformation is as is, is is as thick as fleas on a junkyard dog. And that's part of why I'm so amazed. And and the fact that there are people who have been with this program from jump, people like Steve Steve in Georgistan, people like David in South Carolina people like Tom and Sonny San Rafael, Tony and Chico. It's, it's amazing to me. And Jeremy just said, Robin, and without an ad ever, 
Bake oh, Sale Radio. Bake Sale Radio. Bake Sale Radio. Yeah. <laughs> just the nutraceutical ones, right, Robin? Well, horn nutraceuticals, yeah. So, I mean, you know, everybody, everybody has a, you know, we all know what and I hello, have. Alabama sex plans. Well, that, yeah, and that came from horn nutraceuticals. <laughs> yeah. Randy Radar says, I was one of those people. Yes. And I would be entirely remiss if I didn't take a moment to offer up at least memory for so many people who have been with this program and are no longer. And every time I've learned of one, a member of this community's passing, it has been like losing family. I think back to sweet, sweet, adorable, wonderful Mora who survived 9-11 only to be killed by the dust she breathed that day. She literally called the program a couple of days before she died just to say goodbye. Mr. Stress, Scott, Charlie, people I haven't heard from, And wonder about to this day. Did you talk? Was that Charlie in Tennessee? Yeah. Yeah, I remember the last time he called. He said he only had three weeks to live. Yeah. Wow. This has been this is this has been a magnificent experiment, and I think at 20 years we can call it a success. Wouldn't you? Yes. And I think, you know, early on, we closed the program because early early on, the program was much more structured. And it was structured around a a, a conventional talk radio uh, clock. We had breaks. Annette was back here, and she was producing, and I was talking. Peter Godbold. How can I not mention Peter Godbold? How I miss him. And, And Robin, what was the guy in Texas? Oh, um, uh, uh, Rick. He and his husband. Oh, no, oh, no, no Edward, Edward, Edward. Yes, Edward. Edward yeah. in Texas. Uh, Rick Goodner, whom I haven't heard from in ages. Hey, Robin, why did you stop um, doing the bumper music uh, from your first, You like you said, you had your format, and you did the first hour soliloquy, and then you'd f- pick a song that, was thematic to what you were talking yeah. about. Why did you Why did you stop that? Just time? well, origi- originally we for, um, we uh, originally we formatted this thing with the idea that we would be on terrestrial radio. Silly, silly, silly. And as that faded away, um, we can, we kept running a little music here and there, but. I did not want to run run afoul because this is a tiny little, you know, running on the last frayed thread of a dry rotted shoestring operation. I didn't I didn't want to run afoul of, of, of any copyright issues. You mean you don't have an army of parking lot lawyers? Sorry, no. Oh. I don't know where a girl goes to get one of those. Actually I do and I wouldn't have her no. No, 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 no. 
It's parking garage. Yes, it is. Council. Oh, oh, parking but garage. She, sorry. She, it's like wind she's turbines a versus windmills. <laughs> but she's a miracle worker. She took a $5.5 million loss and an $83.5 million loss. Who else has done that? She, she signed. Like Mickey Mouse at Fantasia. <laughs> she's, she's worse at math than I am. Uh, but I just wanted to Jeremy take a, needs a cowbell for that. Yes, yes, Jeremy does. But uh, but this has all been very special, and, and and I thank you for letting me wax philosophical for a minute or two here. Um. By the way, uh, Micah, if you're still there, uh, Lee in New York has a very good suggestion for reaching Gary Peters. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Write a physical letter. I remember back when Sammy Bet. I don't know why I'm. I don't know who I'm echoing from. But if you write a letter to Gary Peters, and I remember back when the uh, the uh, uh, confirmation of Sammy Badbreath was taking place, Robert Byrd stood in the well of the Senate and talked about how all these good West Virginians are sending letters to me, and they've got donut sugar on them and coffee cup stains from where they sat at the kitchen table and writ to me to tell me what a good Christian man Samuel Alito is and how he'll 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 protect religious liberty uh, from the first amendment it was ugh, it was not Robert Byrd's finest moment but there is there was truth in it Micah and anybody else if you sit down with pen and paper and you write a letter, and you sign your name to it, you fold it up, you put it in an envelope, you address it to his Washington, D.C. office, complete with a return address, you put the appropriate amount of postage, whatever that is now, on it, and put it in the mail, it will reach that office, and it will be read. And as, uh, as Lee pointed out, write. They know that each separate physical letter represents many who did not write. You know, way back when I, uh, uh, way back when uh, I started in activist spaces, there would be letter, uh, uh, there would be letter to the editor writing parties, and a bunch of us would get together, and it would be like, okay, you write to the Gazette, you write to the Wheeling Intelligencer, uh, you write to the Fraser's Bottom Moral Volcano and Battle Cry of Freedom. And all of a sudden, the issue was before people in newspapers. And the same thing goes with reaching Congress. If you write that letter, they will read it. Oh, that's cute. There's a little conversation going on in the chat now. When did when did I hear, when did I first hear Robin? Um, God, I hate the way this app works. Here, let's try it. Let's try it another way. Um, the only problem with that, Robin, is that my handwriting absolutely sucks. But I could probably type something up and sign it. That's fine. Um, Randy Radar adds, don't send letters, send postcards. They're afraid of anthrax in the letters. Um, 
Uh, Roger says, I'm not sure when I started, but I do know that Mike Malloy was still on the local station. It was from his chat room was how I found out about Bob Kincaid. What a guy he was. Uh, Micah says, I started right after she was off terrestrial radio. I found her from Mike Malloy, but I ended up disappearing for a few years, LOL. I remember. But I See, I remember an old, old conversation, Micah, where you were on the air going through the Wendy's drive-thru, talking about some right-winger that you worked with. Um, Haley said, Robin, you did help me get into the drive-by truckers and Jason Isbell during the era of playing music between segments. I started listening about early 2010 and missed the early days before that. Um, hey, Robin? Yeah. You know, I have to tell you, the episode I remember most was Bill Miller called in and he started talking. And then all of a sudden, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that was that was the night Mr. Stress had a stroke, had and a stroke. the Horn Family Community Congregation, in particular Thomas in Ohio, saved his life. Yep, because it was just he was just talking, and it was. I remember listening to it. I remember the apartment I was in. I remember the desk I was at, and I'm like, oh shit, he's having a stroke. And that part about Malloy, you have to thank a lot of people, a lot of Malloy for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. He said it enough times, he, he annoyed the shit out of me, so I finally tuned in, and I haven't stopped since. I love that. And and uh, 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 Haley mentioning the drive-by truckers, this program used to close, the closing song, and, and I'll say it again, this has been, this has been a broadcast hosted by a trans woman from the day it went on the air. It's just she was closeted most of the time. She suffered a lot, not jumping up on the cross. But the program, that, the, the song that we used to close the program with, and it was apropos since I would scream and carry on about shit that made me mad, was a drive-by trucker song from, I think, the Dirty South called Hell No, I Ain't Happy. And it opens... With a beer can being opened, a sound effect. And the number of people who said, you're anti-gun. Why are you using a song that has somebody racking a, sh a shell into the chamber? I remember that song. And when I said that this was uh, that. Uh, oh no, maybe it's Decoration Day. I don't know. But anyway, when I said that I was trans when this program started, well, there is a line in that song, and you can guess what it is. That's a dead giveaway. I'm going to run it right quick, just a little bit. Nope, that ain't it. That's it. There it is. Did you hear the beer can open? Might have had it potted too far down. Well, I remember that. I remember that, rather. I heard it. Yeah, let's try this again. Then we'll get to the line. 
anybody got any idea what the line was? Hell no, I ain't happy. No. She's an overnight she's an overnight sensation after twenty five years. Uh, okay. <laughs> what could that possibly mean? I wonder. But 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 it spoke to me because it, because when we started this, I said I'm in this for the long. I, I said I'm in this for the long haul. I don't quit. And y'all have kept the show alive. Everyone who listens to this program. That's why every night I say thank you. To each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Every single person who has ever shared their time in this program has helped keep this show going. It's also why I've always said this is not an entertainment. And kind of hated using the word show and said program instead. This isn't for kicks. This is for realsies. And there are other programs like that. But there are damned few of them. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to Mike Malloy. He is so dear to me. Starting out listening to him on the way home from CNN every night. And even my, my days off were Mondays and Tuesdays, and I would even listen to him when I was just lounging at home on my nights off. And I so admired him, and I so admired his style and his power and his delivery and his sense of humor. And I began to think, and that was before I even went to law school, this is what I want to do. This is what the real calling is. And so after after CNN radio and then law school and <sighs> a little miracle happened when I met, well, a little miracle happened when I was filling in for Dr. Bill in 2003 and Gina Rebich heard me losing my shit on WWNR and called her husband Wayne and said you got to hear this we got to make sure he has a show and that's how the funding for the first year and a half of the horn came about via the sponsor a sponsorship by the affiliated construction trades foundation and then got canned, which crushed me. But then again, in the radio business, you never quit. You wait till you get fired. Hence all the jokes about saying booger on the air. And after I got fired, Gina passed away. And she never got to hear the inter this this internet version that went on air on October seventeenth, two thousand five. 
No, 24th. October 24th. But it is here because of her, and that's why she gets a mention at the end of every program. Because her beloved husband, Wayne, funded the creation of what you listen to every evening as a living memorial to his beloved wife, Gina. And I love them both so dearly. So I just thought you might like to have a little bit of, for those of you who don't know, you might like to have a little backgrounder. Um, Billable Rick says, Happy 20th anniversary. Congrats on making it to 20 years. Your show is amazing. You're tenacious, principled, erudite, and fucking awesome. Give yourself and all the other listeners of your show a hearty cowbell. Damn right. Thank you, Billable. Oh, and Robin, happy happy belated birthday, too. Oh, thank you, Christopher. I totally I forgot about that. Since you weren't on last night, I, I spaced it out. So happy, oh, happy birthday. Thank you. I'd sing happy birthday, but I know the rules. <laughs> I was singing. And by the way, thanks, thanks to, thanks, thank you for letting the 20th anniversary of this broadcast be a fundraising-free broadcast. God, that's so special. Tom and Sonny San Rafael says, I have to confess, I thought it was a gun, too. I just automatically assumed it was a beer can being opened because, you know. Hey, damn it, Robin, I'm getting old. What's the name of that damn dip again? Um, Coyote Country Blue Cheese Bacon. Shit, okay. Thanks. Um, Coyote Country. Yeah, and uh, uh, Lou says... Uh, Lou and PA says, this isn't the time to be modeling, but rather the 50th anniversary of your show will be the time for same. From 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 your lips to God's ear, Lou. So I just wanted to take a moment to put all of that forward and say that I love you all. Every last one of you. And it has been a labor of love. And it will continue to be a labor of love. And just thank you. And like I said, the back porch will continue after this program goes off the air. Thanks to all of you. God, I can't say it enough. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors. Thanks to our challenge makers. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, David and Mill Valley, for the anniversary gift. Thanks to people who respond to challenges and the people who make challenges. Thank you to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in this program in whatever manner you so choose. I say it every night, and I say it from the bottom of my heart every night. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Hey, Sparky. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Steve, Brother Bishop Steve, all-around great guy from Georgia, Stan. Thank you to our news ninjas. Love y'all, Gene and Ann, and all of you who send me stories. I would be horribly remiss if I did not 
give my most heartfelt thanks to Annette, who in her own right has made this program possible. Every day. Every day. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Head on dot live. And remember, please, it really helps. Like each podcast, subscribe to it, and leave a little review here and there. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. One of the first shows on what was then a full network. Thank you, John. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Oh, my goodness gracious, this program would not exist without Ben. And there's a lot of progressive broadcasts that wouldn't exist with, wouldn't have existed without Ben. Ben almost single-handedly saved fledgling progressive radio and has served out, with never, with never a nickel charge, served out billions of hours of progressive programming over the years. Thank you to Coal River Mountain Watch, crmw.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of, a, of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, where I learned so much about activism and the passion and the knowledge and the understanding and the t- determination to stand up and speak truth to power. And they're an all-volunteer shop. Well, no, all-union shop. With a lot of volunteers who have passed through over the years. Please stay safe. You know, some of the some of the finest hours of this program may have come during the pandemic, when we all kind of kept each other sane. We've kept each other sane for a lot of years, but the pandemic was weird. Stay safe. Get your booster. Get your RSV vaccine. Get your flu shot. Get your pneumonia vaccine if you are of a certain age. For the love of God or goddess or nothing, wear your mask, especially if you're around the maggots, because they are disease carriers and spreaders. Wear your mask if you're around groups of five or more. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse, maintain your social distance as best you can. Hopefully we do get an early spring. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll start year 21 on Monday with a bunch of more ends. Later.